0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on October the 10th, 2017. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, putting on the angriest pants you've ever seen...
1: Caffeine Rage, and boy, I'm, I think I'm going to live up to that one.
0: On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we've played. Loot boxes are corrupting AAA releases. Open Critic takes a stance against loot boxes. An RPG helps fight depression in Japanese people. Microsoft is rumored to want to extend its PUBG exclusivity for Xbox. Telltale will remove image of a real-life assassination victim from Batman The Enemy Within. We'll have our weekly Community Corner and our weekly Steam Discovery Queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Good evening, Rage. How are you? Angry. But then again, I'm <laughs> re- reading uh, gaming news. Well, you're not angry, angry yet. You're getting there, but you're not there yet, I don't think.
1: Uh, you're just going to put me a couple more times. I- I'm just yep. starting to turn green.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were doing our, you know, our inside baseball stuff getting ready for the show and Making you were the to get a little frustrated. But we didn't, I mean, we tried really hard not to go into these in-depth discussions. Yeah. Most of the time. Especially I mean, if you want instant hawk
1: mode, just uh, uh send me over to political news.
0: Oh god, don't get me started there either.
1: <laughs> Tennessee's oh.
0: been in the news too cuz Bob Corker's going ham, because he's retiring, so he doesn't care what people think anymore. Apparently. So. Uh, uh, well, I don't know who this is, so. On the one hand, go you, Bob. On the other hand, why? We've been kept out of the limelight for the most part.
1: D- Dara I ask what he said?
0: Um, uh, he called the White House an adult babysitting service. Oh, he, oh
1: it was him they said that? Yeah. Because I I saw that earlier and
0: it's like who said that? <laughs> yep, that's that's Tennessee Senator Bob oh. Corker. The the once governor of Tennessee. Well, he's not wrong. He came to my high school once. I didn't know who he was then. So yeah, that's that's yep, this this American life right here. With me. No, no,
1: no, no, that's a different podcast.
0: <laughs> it is. That's why I said that. <laughs> I've been listening to several new podcasts lately, and I need to compile that question list that uh, uh, one of our listeners had with me on Steam so that I can ask you the questions and then also Uh-oh. answer some of the ones that I didn't answer.
1: Well, oh, simple, about 42, 42, 40 plus 2.
0: But I checked out a couple of new podcasts this week that are pretty interesting, and that was one of the questions he asked, like, what other shows do you listen to that aren't just like... The podcasts you've talked about, like uh, Co-Optional and Podquisition and that sort of thing.
1: I'm so behind on my podcasts. I I download them once every couple weeks, and then I have two days'
0: worth of uh, audio. I mean, literally 48 hours of audio. Yeah. I listen to podcasts constantly. I'm caught up on, like, my top five shows, but all of my other podcasts, I sort of rotate. Like, they'll build up, and then... I'll listen to all of the built-up episodes and neglect the other shows so that they'll build up.
1: Oh, so you like that build-up, do you?
0: Yeah, I do. But I've got I've got like five podcasts that I listen to. Like, as soon as their episodes go live, they go to the top of the queue. So... So it hit the music? <laughs> Hi-oh. I see what you did there. But no, it's not time for that. It is, in fact, time for us to go talk about the games that we played this week. Rage... Both of us have a very short list.
1: Yeah, mine is due to a
0: very, very, very frustrating weekend for me.
1: Uh, shall I tell you about my weekend?
0: Uh, I know some of what happened this weekend, but feel free to regale okay, well, all of us with the tale. Well, m- all
1: of my uh, games I played this week are mobile games. Mostly because, well, whenever I do the Sunday Sampler, usually I do my download... Uh Either Thursday or Friday, really depending on, you know, uh, you know, if there's a game that, ooh, I gotta try this now. So, I tried to download uh, a couple games Friday evening, and I tweeted out the images of this, and uh, they're also on Discord, where the Steam servers were shitting themselves. No, 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 wait, I should take that back, they weren't, because that would actually give more bandwidth than what I was getting. I didn't realize that the timer on, uh, 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 the estimated time to download could actually go over a year. <laughs> I'm not wow. joking. Wow. At, at one point I had over a year on my download. I wish I was joking about that, but I, I was trying to download and I was getting bytes per second. That is pretty small. I mean, I downloaded faster than that when I was on a phone modem. So, that's the reason why there wasn't a Sunday sampler. And I was on an extreme nocturnal uh, sleep cycle uh, then as well. So, I was up till about mid-Saturday morning trying to get some sort of download working from Steam. And it just wasn't happening. And I was going between pretty much... All the Steam servers. If you saw me going on and offline. Uh, Friday evening. That's what was going on. I would tr- uh, change my download server. Restart Steam. Uh, it would start the download. At a little bit of a sluggish pace. And then it would just drop off completely. There had to be some sort of DDoS going on. And it wasn't my internet. I checked that. It was Steam. So. After that. Uh, slept uh, till Sunday evening. Or, or, sorry, or early Sunday morning. And the electric company was going to do line work in my area Sunday. And they uh, posted notices around my neighborhood to say, you yeah, know, power's going to go out around 8 in the morning. and will be back on by 3. Well, then I get a, a, a phone call uh, saying, well, our, co- our crews are delayed. They're going to start at 10. Then noon and Eventually, yeah, you know, I just gave up on trying to do anything Sunday. And oh, guess what? The, the crews never did the work in the area. So, day wasted for nothing. Which means my render day was Monday, which was usually the day I played something random for the podcast. So uh, my entire game list is mobile games. <laughs> there you, you go. can see why I, uh, and also uh, didn't end up recording to vandy this weekend and you can see why i was not in the mood to record by sunday evening right jared
0: yes yes i do see although that kind of worked out for both of us i was i wasn't sick but i was feeling a little crummy well because katie had been sick and king was getting sick and i was like i just need to
1: rest well also whenever i woke up with my alarm uh, and i got your text message I woke up, my back was aching, and I didn't sleep well. And s- saw the message, and I'm like, you know, with how the last couple of days have been, I'm not risking uh storms in your area or yeah, what was ever, whatever was causing the power issues in your area. It's like, I know how this is going to go. I'm just going to uh, text you, say forget it, and go back to sleep. Right? Because uh, personally, I was already in a grumpy mood. I had the grumpy pants on. Those aren't the fun pants. (laughs) No. So, shall we uh, get to the games I played after uh, rambling on and on and on?
0: Yeah, let's get to the
1: games you played. So, uh, I played two bubble games. The first one is Pixel Starships. And boy, did this one go quickly. Uh, It quickly went off my phone. This is essentially a MOBA with the idea, or or soon say MOBA, an MMO. With the ideas uh, behind FTL. Uh, okay. Th- a sort of the uh, similar style, only no, uh, pause because, you know, they can't really do that in MMO the situation. There's a, a pretty big emphasis on PvP combat, but there's a fair amount of PvE stuff as well. And the reason why it quickly went off my phone was that they really try to push you on trying to, uh, pay to get extra uh, stuff extra currency to the point that I quickly hit the point where I was just overpowered by all the PVE stuff I would uh, go in uh, on a mission and the ship would literally kick my ass I would uh, go on an away mission where you you send your crew down it would be three on two and they would be higher level than me and this was me playing less than 30 minutes. So, yeah, they have a slight balancing issue to go through. And they also try to push this uh, subscription service. Yes, a subscription MMO on a fucking phone. Hell, the subscription model for MMOs are, is pretty much dead for the, with the exception of WoW. So, the idea of having that on a phone to double your resources on top of being able to buy the currency straight up is, yeah, tells me a little bit of just about how they're trying to push the balance of this game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what you're describing... uh, So I've played this game before, but I played it roughly a year and a half, maybe two years ago, Mm -hmm. when it was brand new. Uh, And what you're describing is basically what it was then. Like, the features list that I looked up, you know, when I followed your link, has a couple of things on it I don't remember... Um, because I, there were not support craft before. Um, it says build starships of your yeah, own design, yeah, but th- yeah, there's you- a
1: uh, trying to think of a good way to describe it. Uh, when you're in your starship, uh, you're given a basically the hull to work with, and you have a block system. Think of, uh, I guess, a good way to be uh, uh to talk about it is sort of how XCOM has it where. Uh, you build up your base. O- only, yes, you can put your uh, uh, things anywhere, but there's not really enough room to try to stagger the uh, the floor, so you end up with a deck uh, system like you know, your traditional uh, well spaceships, you know, sci-fi spaceships. Right. So that's why I was kind of going with the XCOM idea is that you, you, know, you really can't do anything otherwise, at least with the starter ships or the I got. I went through two holes, uh in the first like thirty minutes, uh, thirty to uh, thirty minutes to an hour, because there, it has the t- real time building mechanic where you know start building and then come back in ten minutes.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that's that's what it was yeah. to begin with. Uh, I just didn't like. I don't remember that being one of the features that they said before, but I mean that's how it was before. You had you know things that you could slot in basically and. Kind of build your yeah, ship? Kinda, but but,
1: they- yeah, kind of, but you're, you're happy to use pretty much all your space for, uh, really storage because you have to have storage for minerals. You have to have storage for gas, which is the starter, uh, resources. There, I assume that there's more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that eats t- up, uh, st- uh you yeah, know, just on your spaceship. Yeah, you can only have, uh, uh, so many or uh, uh, crew quarters, so you know you have to spend more money leveling that up instead of you know just building a secondary one, and not that you really have space for it anyway. It's very frustrating because I really wanted to like this game. Yeah, but it's just oh,
0: I remember liking it, but the difficulty wasn't particularly on the PVE side wasn't as bad when I played it because I I, mean, got- I
1: got I got to the point where if the uh, missions didn't roll me just shooting an asteroid for mining it was going to be at least a tough fight and the controls were a little bit finicky to begin with of uh, how they handle it is that at the bottom of your phone you'll have or i should say mobile device you know tablet whatever uh you have the icons for your various uh ship systems at uh, your engines your in any weapons that you may have and i assume that you know more appears as you get bigger ships but you know starter ships don't really get that many but anyway you uh, press on and you uh, swipe up and down to control your power and it's very finicky so if you want to just take one power off your engine to add more to your weapons to bring them up to full power which oh it doesn't save your power settings by the way so Always it had one uh, bar on my power or my uh, primary weapon until I upgraded my reactor, which was irritating as hell. Uh, you had to try to uh, get it where it would take one bar off and not completely drain your engine so that you would lose all your dodge chance. And it was just, ugh. Can you tell I didn't like this? I can tell. I can tell. I mean, I wanted to, it, it has a good art style. It has that, uh, yeah, a really nice pixel art style. It's just, they can't design a game for beans. <laughs> and uh, they can't balance it for, he- uh, to save their fucking life, uh, it seems.
0: Yeah. Or I should say
1: I, their, their new player experience isn't exactly optimized. If you want to use business speak.
0: Yeah, it sounds like, um, it just sounds like they've let the balance get away. Unless I completely screwed up, which,
1: you know, I shouldn't be able to screw up to the point where I couldn't do any PVE stuff within 30 minutes. I mean, that should yeah, be, got, that should be impossible.
0: I got to like the fourth world in the PVE or the fourth place. Cause you had like a moon or something and it's just not exactly a world, but you know, I got to the fourth area in like the PVE mode. I think there were 10 when I started playing. I don't know how many there are now.
1: Uh, no idea. I didn't uh, even complete one of the areas because it just... Uh, well, let's put it this way. It started throwing me against enemies with uh, shields that I couldn't get through while they just pounded my reactor. I mean, I, I was sitting here trying to think, how did I screw this up? I mean, am I supposed to have shields? I don't even have room to get a shield room in my uh, ship. Let, let alone... Uh, anything else because you know there's not enough room to put uh, the cargo uh, areas to be able to upgrade uh, my overall space uh, to be able to buy the uh, the bigger ships without putting those in
0: yeah I got like they they must have really either slowed down the progression or changed something because I was on like the fourth ship upgrade as well like it was no problem I mean, Halls got upgraded really quickly, you know, just
1: uh, uh, a little bit of extra power. But it didn't give enough uh, room to really do anything different. It just gave a little bit extra stats. Yeah. I think I was in a destroyer or... I was in the mining vessel.
0: Yeah, I was in either a destroyer or a cruiser. I don't remember which, but I mean, I was, yeah... I can't go look it up though, because I played it on iOS or on my iPad at my old job, so oh. I I can't recover my account. If I want to play again, I'd have to start over. Yeah, and sounds like uh, well, if my
1: if my experience is the indicative experience, probably not a good idea.
0: Yeah. I'm not really interested in going back and playing it anyways, even if it was great. I have several mobile games I'm playing right now, like on rotation, (laughs) that I enjoy, so.
1: Yeah, well, I just wanted to try a couple to at least have something to talk about, because I don't think you want to hear about uh, me playing uh, matchmaking in Crossout, getting a little bit frustrated with uh, just uh, daytime matchmaking not being all that great. Yeah, evening matchmaking's fine, but... Also playing the market and uh, building
0: up to the point where I'm bu- uh, making epics to sell now. Fancy. I've gotten back into World of Warships. I haven't played it a ton, but I've played it a little bit just about every day. But, I mean, I wasn't going to talk about it again this week.
1: <laughs> no, well, I'm also uh, Bronze 2 and uh, Pinball FX3. Yeah, nice. Yeah, working up to being that uh, Pinball Grand Wizard. Wait, does that sound wrong? <laughs> oh, uh, I you laughed harder at that joke than you should have. Probably. Anyway, let's talk about another mobile game, Vertigo Racing. This was another one that was suggested to me in the Google Play Store, and it looked all right. Uh, it looked all right. Didn't play all that well. This is I, I would technically call this a runner game where you only really control the brake and the acceleration of the car and everything else is uh, controlled by the game itself. It tries to keep in the middle of the road and I, I should say it tries as in, yo, know, it tries to do it, you know, after having a few, you know, a, a few too many to drink. The, the problem with this game is that, well, one, the camera, but also, you know, the, well, let's talk about the car first. The car, it doesn't try to do what you would consider a normal racing line okay Let, let's okay in literally any racing game where you had control with uh, control of the car yeah you know, which means pretty much all of them if there was a chicane you know a very general left and a very general right yeah you know, very short turns how would you approach that turn
0: um it depends i'm talking very but- shallow
1: uh, just left and right
0: Very, very shallow. I'd try and run it as basically a straight line. This game, it it tries
1: to go take a hard left, hard right, stay in the middle of the road, fishtail because, you know, it didn't take the line that you're expecting, and then go promptly off into the abyss. Nice. Yeah. And also it has uh, several, uh, what I call, fuck you moments, where the... uh, well, this is a mobile racing game, so you could expect them try to try to spice it up a little bit by having jumps. And often the jumps are right before a very hard turn. So you hit the jump at speed, going uh, usually at the end of a fairly long stretch, and you go sailing off the road into the abyss.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. And oh, the game... Has a mini map? It doesn't. Sh- at least it doesn't show it on any of the screenshots. It's default off, and the camera hides often in the trees. <laughs> the The cam uh, The camera operators had had as many to drink as the
0: driver. It seems <laughs> he's gone to take a nap in the trees.
1: Yeah, it, it's as about as useful the camera is as the cinematic camera in the GTA series okay I mean granted this one usually stays behind the driver but it will uh, shift sides of the road and also if there's uh, tall trees it doesn't really show it in any of the screenshots but the tall trees will actually get uh, block the camera there, there was one section on the uh, snow map or at least the first snow map I'm not sure there's another one because yeah snow maps are usually a fun theme for uh, racing games where there's a long section of pine trees and the, well, I use the term drone because it's kind of the, you know, a, a, just the general way to call it because this isn't a chase cam. A chase cam is usually directly behind the car, you know, like you would expect. This is like an isometric chase cam. It's weird. And it's also fixed to the car. So whenever the car does that, you know, thing, the camera sways. Because of course it does, right?
0: Absolutely. That's what you want, the camera to sway back and forth.
1: Yeah, it, it simulates car sickness. <laughs> but uh, the camera is swaying back and forth, going through trees. You can't see a fucking thing because you don't have the mini-map on because that's not on by default. And then there's a jump and it sells you right off in the abyss. <laughs> I don't know how this is so highly rated. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. Whenever you memorize the track well enough... It can be fun, but it's also very frustrating because it has
0: a lot of, you know, fuck you moments. Right. I'll probably download this to my phone and let my kid play it. He'd probably like it.
1: It does have a couple things I do like. uh, They have the kind of the progression of cars, you know, uh, different cars. uh, Basically, each one is uh, at least mostly an upgrade to the next one. Granted, there's some bonuses and some uh, negatives, like uh, I think it's the third car is uh, very prone to fishtail because it's not as good at handling. but It's also faster, so yeah, whenever it starts fishtailing, you have to try to you know just hope that the uh, that the AR you know whatever's going on with it uh, straightens out. They make it where all the cars are still re- relevant, even though you've uh, moved on to the next because each track it has a set of cups for each car. So your starter car has the shortest track uh, uh, cup for each one. Yeah, usually a few kilometers. Then the next car up is a few more kilometers and so on and so, so on and so on. I do like that they keep all the cars relevant like that because each cup also gives you a bonus amount of coins to use on upgrades and unlocking more cars and more tracks. So I do like that. I do applaud them for that. And it, And I also have to say I like the music in this game. Uh, Maybe I'm just a sucker for surf guitar, uh, a surf guitar, but uh, it uh, it has a very upbeat and fast uh, music that kind of matches the uh, overall action of the game. It's just that camera; it's just painful to use. And I looked, and there was I didn't see a way to uh, change it. Hmm. And it's just the point where. If you're not careful, you're just gonna drive into something because you can't see what you're doing. Uh, the mini map does help a lot, though. It's just very frustrating.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll probably download this and let my kid play it, see if he likes it. But otherwise, yeah, doesn't. It sounds interesting, but you've brought up a lot of ish like problems that I would hate for driving games. But, I mean, I'm uh, not driving the car. I don't know. I'd have to try it. It's yeah, piqued my interest. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: one, uh, Yeah. It's a uh, kind of a weird thing. And also, uh, the uh, acceleration breaker, uh, technically digital, but they're, yeah, you know, just on and off because, yeah, you know, it's touchscreen. Right. But there's a bit of a delay on the acceleration, uh, you know, because it's just not going to instantly jump forward that it's not as bad as you would think. Actually, uh, you know, when the car behaves, It's not bad, but uh, that fishtail issue is uh, what really killed it for me. Because there's a couple times that I went off a jump just as the car started to fishtail. It would turn in air, and when it landed, it would just shoot off, you know, pretty much off the road. Unless I caught it, you know, as it was, you know, notice that was uh, doing that uh, switch around. And just slammed on the brakes, but then I kind of have to hope that, you know, I didn't go too far and the car's just going to drive off anyway as it tries to correct itself, which it did do a couple times, by the way. <laughs> and there's no Santa. reverse, so you can't, you know, just spat, you know, do a three-point turn to turn back around. I haven't found a racing game I really liked on mobile yet, which is a, you know, a little disappointing, but you know, not unexpected because racing yeah really requires a bit of a fine touch and if i allowed my playstation 4 controller to you know work on it you know i probably have a lot less of an issue because
0: i just don't like the on screen joystick thing i talked about um what a skidstorm a couple weeks ago didn't i have you tried that one uh no it's a really fun arcade game that you might like Racing game.
1: Does it go for room?
0: It goes room. There are many rooms. there's a room, room, room. Oh, and I do have
1: to say, I do like the car selection more of a classic car selection than anything else. Yeah. You know, it, you can only see uh, you know Mustangs and uh, you know muscle cars so many times, and these are more, I would say, fifties, forties cars. Right. not even hot rods just you know, uh, cl- uh- classic cars it's a nice selection it's just I-, I really wish it didn't have that camera issue that and the racing line was a little bit more intelligent yeah they've got four cars listed here in the screenshot yeah there's i want to say a dozen to unlock uh the uh the uh well here I'll show you the game right now the second car is a pink. Uh, I can't even think of it. I can't even... Well, I think that's it on the uh, screenshot. That pink uh, monstrosity.
0: looks kind of like, I don't know, maybe a Studebaker or a Ford V8 or something like
1: that. I think that's the uh, that's the second car. It's called uh, the Peggy Sue.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm in.
1: Well, just told you I- the, the game.
0: I downloaded it to my phone. I'll check it out later.
1: Yeah, maybe I'm being overly harsh on it. Yeah, maybe I'm just being a, a grumpy uh a Mr. Grumpy Pants this week.
0: Yeah, I've never really liked very many racing games on mobile devices anyways. Hey, I gave it a fair I, shake. I hate I hate the ones that use accelerometer where you have to turn your phone to turn. That's stupid and they never work right. I just like the ones that have, you know, the sort of on-screen joysticks. Because those never work right, or you just—you
1: uh, don't have the tactile feel, so you can't tell, you know, just how far you're turning, and you're blocking your screen.
0: Yep. And semi—well, not semi, but more, I guess, complicated racing games don't work again because you know you only have so much screen real estate, and if my thumbs are all over it, I can't see what I'm doing. That's not fun.
1: Well, simple—get smaller thumbs.
0: <laughs> right. I'll just chop my thumbs in half. That would work.
1: Yeah, remember lengthwise, not uh not the long way. Right. Because if you go at the knuckle, you know, you just have these little stubby things. If you go uh
0: lengthwise and you have uh, half of a long thumb. Maybe I could have two thumbs on each hand if I if I play it do it right.
1: No simple. You trans- uh, you transplant your thumbs to your feet and then you play with your feet. I have no idea how this helps, but yeah, you, know, you have monkey feet now.
0: There you go. I'd be like curious George.
1: Yeah, but I'm pretty sure uh, you'd be a different type of curious George. Indeed. What's George doing to the man in the yellow hat? He's just curious. <laughs> and I've just ruined that book for you now.
0: Oh, nope. You made it better.
1: <laughs> curious George and the man in the yellow hat has an interesting relationship. <laughs>
0: You know, there was, like, a a weird movie that came out in the 70s. It was French. About this woman uh, who has an affair with a monkey.
1: A weird weird French movie?
0: But this this woman has an affair with a monkey. And, like, everyone is okay with it. Especially the monkey. I'm, I'm into a lot of things and can handle a lot of things, but... Animal animal sodomy just doesn't just doesn't ring true Man, that doesn't work for me animals can't give consent at least with that attitude so I guess that's where I draw the line so no Gets, bestiality for you God. No no, no, no bestiality and no uh pedophilia Okay, I'm so out okay so we,
1: we've gotten uh, uh, Jared's uh, no go list to pedophilia bestiality and clowns yeah So, no child, uh, clown animals. Got it. That sounds
0: good. (laughs) None of that.
1: Uh, I was about to say, you changed your mind that quickly?
0: No, not, having none of that sounds good. Okay. Okie dokie. Well, is that, are you wrapped up? Yeah, I think so. Okie dokie. Well, I also only had two games this week. Uh, I just didn't have time to play very many other games. And the time that I did have, I was engrossed in X3 Albion Prelude some more. So I'm going to talk about that. Yeah, Jared has story- a problem. I'm going to have story time, like how I used to have for EVE Online. Uh, so Yeah, but you're not like dicking
1: anyone over this time around. Uh, well, as far as I know.
0: I dicked those NPCs over. Uh, so I, I said last time that I was really, really trying to learn, like, much more in depth just the, the intricacies of the economy and the um shoot what did i say it was called their god system or whatever that like generates uh, or that manages the economy and all of the npc stations and stuff like that so i've been building my money building up a couple of station complexes and getting more trading ships like ones that i'm like man not exactly manually directing i've set them up on routines but instead of it being like the fully automated universe trader, you just hit go when they go do their thing. Um, I've put in, like, predefined... Uh, or set predefined rules that they follow. So I have a little bit tighter control over them than to hopefully keep them from wandering into pirate systems and getting blown the fuck up.
1: I, it sounds like you're talking from experience there.
0: <laughs> yep, I've had that happen a few times. I mean, you can outfit... Your universe traders try and have... Um, drones for defense and they'll try and max out their ship shields and stuff like that, but if they wander into a pirate sector they're pretty much fucked. Unless they can quickly jump to another system.
1: Yeah, but they're not that smart to say wait a minute.
0: No, when that happens they'll switch to like try and retreat to dock at the nearest station or fly through the nearest Try uh, to dock to gate. the nearest
1: station uh, and it just happens to be the Botany Bay. <laughs> Botany um, Bay! Oh no!
0: But they don't automatically like you can't even set it to where that they'll automatically just use their jump drive to escape. They have to fly it at, at sublight speeds to either dock at a safe station or fly through a warp gate. And in the, in the big pirate sectors, they'll just shoot all of the drones out of the sky and then blow up your freighter. And so say, that's Thanks. happened a couple of times. Yep. Thanks for the loot. Thanks for ten thousand energy cells. We appreciate it. Yeah. I don't but know how to deal with them all. But so, anyways, I've been. Uh, been building up complexes getting more and more trading ships working and i'm i finally decide okay i'm gonna build this big ass complex that produces every weapon that i can that i can produce from this one race that i've got like the highest rating with and they let me buy all of their stations uh particularly everything that uses like three specific resources so that i don't have to have like an entire support network, I can use stuff that I already have in place to keep this station running, and so I do. I build this station and I put it in a border uh, sector between two of the alien races, so it's high traffic area. It doesn't have great security, but good enough, I think. So I put the station there. It starts to build up. Um, it, it starts to increase the number of NPC traders that are coming into the system, so that attracts pirates. The pirates set up a pirate base in the system. Like you and do. I'm, like like you would do to try and, you know, take control of something like that. You'd smell the rum from your base. And like I start getting all these warnings, like, oh, your stuff's under attack. And I'm like, what? So I go look at that system, and a, a pirate base has spawned. And I'm like, well, fuck. I guess they were attracted to the increase in commerce, and it's not a high security area. So yeah, I, like I have comms. a... Yarg! Yarg! <laughs> I have a very I have a small defensive fleet but nowhere near enough to take on a pirate base. But I send all my ships there and set them to defend the station and just hope to god that I can defend my like uh, 40 million credit investment until I can figure out a more permanent solution. So I go online and I'm like what can I do to like kill these pirates? And it you can change it turns out that you can change the security rating of a system if you can build it up enough. So the best way to do that is to increase just massively the amount of um, NPCs that are flying to your sector, and then basically the god system is like, oh, uh, we should protect all of our stuff that's here because we have so many ships flying through and there's pirates. So what I did was I used my growing wealth to go onto the commodities trading market. I bought every single commodity for all of the weapons in in the in that that area of space in like a three system radius so that you could not buy weapons or shields or missiles or ammunition or anything without coming to my station. And then
1: the government comes and
0: busts your monopoly. Nope, they did not do that. The the traffic in that system got so high that it bumped it from border security to core system security and the Argonne Navy showed up and blew those pirates to hell. <laughs> And then I sold all of my commodities because it was, I mean, it was really causing a strain on the system. And I, I didn't want to, like, completely break everything. So it, I, I sold all the commodities. You uh, didn't uh, break everything, but you bought every single weapon in a how many sector uh, area? It was a three sector radius from my system that I was in. So a lot, lot of things. stuff. huh? didn't want to break it that much i wound up breaking even some of the commodities i sold back or when like when i sold them again on the commodities market i i made money on them some of them were like super low demand anyways and i lost money like because of the broker freeze and stuff so i about broke even but that only cost me like 50 million credits to do oh well so uh, only 50 million <laughs> so yeah that's story time uh I built a big base, I attracted some pirates, I ruined the local economy to specifically like I don't know, tailor the game engine to come help me, and then I just sold all my stuff. <laughs> so that was fun. See so if you if you enjoy that sort of thing, just buy people just buy this game. It's amazing for that. Yeah, but then you're not taking over other players and yeah, you know, that's hardly fun. <laughs> I find many more things Enjoyable than just sticking over other players, although that can be fun sometimes. I don't really like my, the mining system very much in Albion Prelude. It's not very good. That's the one thing that I've never found a game that does better than Eve, because it's the right amount of both. Um, like really deep. There's a lot of things to take to consider when you're mining, but also it's not super intense. Like you just use mining lasers and you park and you mine when you're you're actually ready to do it. And all these other games, it's like, you gotta blow up the asteroid, and then you have to collect the stuff, and then you have to move to the next one and scan it and blow it up. It's like, I mean, I get that that's more realistic, but sometimes it's better to sacrifice realism for fun.
1: Well, look at it this way. Uh, with this system, you can just sit there and go, pew, 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 pew!
0: <laughs> no, I sit there and go, all right, <laughs> I've actually assigned all of my mining ships to a wing, so I command, like, they have a wing commander, and I assign them orders to just go mine in systems, and the game will regenerate asteroids and things in a system, but you can strip mine some of the smaller ones in, like, a few hours of play, and I just have them go strip mine the system and drop all the resources off at my station. It's like, look, we have bonus ore! We didn't have to pay for this, technically. I, mean, I had to pay for all the ships, but they've paid for themselves many times over at this point. So yeah, that's that's my X3 Albion Prelude story. Yeah,
1: I guess I should uh, explain why I chuckled when you talked about your uh, big ass complex. Uh, have you ever seen the SKCD uh, a comic about a uh, uh, well sweet ass whatever you know uh, the uh, moving the hyphen one uh, over
0: at your ass complex. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought that's Jared. Yep. It's my ass complex. No, it's like it it's like this big string of spaghetti. Building station complexes once you get past a, a couple of stations gets complicated because if you do it wrong, like it creates this like tubing that connects all the stations together, which I assume is supposed to be like, I don't know, turbo lifts or something. Um But the tubing can block the the docking base and things. So you can actually make it to where ships can't land at your station. So like, I've got this weird, like cube thing and I have to like very carefully, like, okay, this one goes here and then in this order and in this order, that way the tubes don't snake around each other. It's a mess. There's a mod that removes the tubes, but unfortunately it's very out of date and I'm scared to install it for the fear that it breaks something. Well, so you just need to, you know, sit down some weekend and do proper cable management. You can move that stuff around when you get a tractor beam, but I have no idea where to find a tractor beam. And all the guides online are like, you know, whenever you find stuff, it's like uh, this just randomly appears sometimes.
1: It's like, well, fuck. Well, simple. You just set all your traders find tractor beam. I could, I could write watch custom
0: your, scripts and watch your, for them to do that. All
1: go to the pirate sector. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One day I'm gonna blow up the pirates. That's my goal. I'm gonna blow up all the pirates. Yes, but I mean the system can spawn. Yeah, the system can spawn new pirates. But if you wipe out all the pirates, then it becomes more difficult for them to to spawn somewhere that they would be safe because the systems become considered dangerous to pirates. So it takes a while for them to spawn back. It's a good game, guys. I'm still playing it. I'm gonna keep playing it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's uh, good. It, look at it this way, it's keeping them out of Eve. Granted, uh this is you know, just substituting one hard uh drug for another.
0: Yeah, the thing is with this, with it being like a single player experience, whenever I need to stop, I don't feel like see that's the problem with Eve is whenever I want to or need to stop, I'm like, ah, but I'm in the middle of this and if I just leave my ship's gonna be there and someone will come blow me up and you know, et cetera. Et cetera. Like I'm hanging out with my guild mates or whatever. Or my, my court mates. It's like, if I leave, you know, whatever. But with this, I'm like, ah, I've had enough for a while. I need to take a break. I could have played it yesterday for like five hours. But I was like, you know what? I need a break. So I'm not going to play X3 tonight. And I watched YouTube videos and did, got some work done. I got like four videos rendered last night. But yeah, that's that's enough for X3. Uh, moving on to the other game this week. The one that probably most most people would be excited to hear about is Cuphead. I bought Cuphead and played it. Uh, actually, I I wasn't going to buy it, uh, at least not yet. I was going to wait for it to go on sale. But the other night, Katie and I were driving home from somewhere, and I, we were just talking. Well, and usually I you're about driving it.
1: home from somewhere.
0: Fair enough. But I told her about it, and so she looked it up, and she's like, this looks amazing. Like, she really loved the art style, and she's like, tell me more about this game. And so I started telling her about it, and like... Like, comparing it to other games that she knew, and I was like, well, it's... Yeah, it's like Mario, but... That's actually what I said. I was like, based on all the games you know, it's like Mario if Mario had guns and was, like, mean, ten times if harder. Mario had guns? Well, he has guns now, but she doesn't know that. But, anyway, she was like, I mean, you know, we'll buy it, and if I don't like it, then we'll just refund it. So we bought it, and we've been playing it, and she absolutely loves it. We've played Cuphead probably 10 hours this week. It is a great game. And I'm really surprised that I like it too. Part of the reason I like it so much is that I'm playing it with Katie and there's very few games that she enjoys playing with me for long periods of time. But we can sit down or like we played Cuphead Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday night for like three and a half hours. Cause we didn't have the kid. He was at my, at my mom's house. And we just played and played and played until she was like, okay, I have to go to bed because I have to get up for work in the morning. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, Cuphead is a super, really hardcore, difficult, like... Run-and-gun run uh, platform, run but... yeah, run platformer. gun yeah, run-and-gun platformer.
1: Think old-school Contra.
0: Right. The, and it has uh, a, a hand-drawn, like a genuinely hand-drawn art style that replicates uh, cartoons from, like, the, the 1930s. And that is the biggest selling point of the game. I mean, that's what has everybody the most interested, like, right off the bat. That was what drew everyone to it when it was first announced, like, I don't know, a couple of centuries ago. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: I mean, uh, they when they originally announced the game, it was current uh, art style.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it, that art style is... Holds up throughout. We're in the... The game is divided into three, like, major worlds. Or three, like, major portions of the overworld map. And we're in the second portion. And every boss, we're always so excited. Like, we'll read the description of, you know, whatever the boss says and be like, Ooh, this sounds interesting. Let's see what this boss looks like. Um, And the art style is great. They do a good job of emulating that style of the 30s without falling into a lot of the pitfalls. Because... Uh, cartoons back then were very, very racist, (laughs) extremely racist, and they, they avoid a lot of those pitfalls. So it's more like an homage to it as opposed to just like a straight copy, which I was glad to see. Um,
1: what you mean? Donald Duck's not a Nazi in this one.
0: No, I have seen that where Donald uh, Duck is a Nazi, that Disney cartoon from the (laughs) forties. Um, you know, it does explain a few things. There's some weird shit, though, that they've put in. Like, some really weird shit. Like, there's this... One of the boss battles is... It, it's the first boss battle where you're flying in the planes. And she is starts out as just, like, this girl. And then she transforms into... I don't know. Like, this bicycle... Half bicycle, half blimp lady. And then she transforms... Like, she uses some kind of, like horoscope based power i would assume to transform into like taurus and cancer and like different like star sign
1: cancer she turns into a loot
0: box like interpretations of them haha uh and then eventually she turns into like a giant moon that shoots out spaceships and it's like what the fuck happened here and then there's have you watched some of the 1930s cartoons no i have i have but there's a there's a lot of really weird shit, um, yeah, opium was involved, <laughs> but the art style looks looks really good. It holds up throughout the soundtrack is amazing. It's all nineteen you know twenties thirties forties jazz music of varying styles and tempos, things like that that tend to reflect the boss like bigger sort of scarier bosses will tend to get slower sort of deeper jazz music where it's like
1: yeah with some big band in there as well uh, from uh, yeah what I've heard uh, just uh, watching
0: a few videos yeah there's there's some of that there's a two or three original like songs that we've found so far like that have lyrics and everything that are just about a couple of characters there's one that opens up the game where it talks about cuphead and mung man which is player one and player two um, so I'm cuphead and Katie's mugman um but the the soundtrack is great, and so far it hasn't. The soundtrack and the the art style have not felt played out at all yet. Despite ten hours and many deaths, we we got to an area that it was like a, a wishing well or something you could walk up to, and you could interact with it. It would tell you how many times that you died, and we've died um, four hundred and sixty
1: five times. I was about to say, has it entered scientific notation mode yet?
0: Well, we're not even halfway through the game, and the bosses continue to get harder. So I guess I guess I'll just move on to that difficulty because the game's difficulty is, aside from the art style, like the biggest selling point of the game, because it claims to be a genuinely hard game. And I would compare its difficulty to arcade games of you know the eighties, late eighties, early nineties. Ooh, that hard! It's very hard, very hard. Um, you know, I the quarter eater. It would yeah, it would be a quarter eater. It would be a perfect quarter eater game. Um It does have an easy mode, which what the easy mode does is it reduces it doesn't lower the difficulty of like attacks or slow down any of those. All it does is it shortens the or reduces the health of all the bosses so that you can beat them quicker. Mm. But easy mode punishes the player because you can't collect the the Devil's Contracts. So, the story of the game is Cuphead and Mugman go to the Devil's Casino and bet the Devil their souls, basically. And they lose. And like you do. They're like, they're like, please, Devil, please give us our souls back. We're sorry. And he's like, well, you two look strong. If you can collect on all of my contracts with other people, then I'll give you your souls back. And so you have to go fight all of the bosses to collect all of the Devil's Contracts. Yeah, because he's definitely it, not going to cross you, right? Yeah, but if you do it in easy mode, you don't collect the contracts. It just... It defeats them, and it opens up the areas, but you don't get the contracts. So you can't actually com- do the last two boss fights without the contracts. So if you play on easy mode, at all, at any point, to get past a boss, you can't actually complete the game. Also so no, to have all game the contracts. mode. Yeah, you, you have to turn in all the contracts to the devil in order to fight him, so... Can't do that. Okay, if you don't my, contracts. well, my
1: big question for you is actually about the platforming stages because originally this was going to be a, essentially a boss rush game, for lack of a better term. Uh, the running guns. Yeah, uh, the running gun section, because originally it was just going to be the boss fights, but there was some cl- like a, some complaints, which I'll admit that yeah, you know, the fact that they were going boss only put me off a little bit. And I was expecting it to be more platform-y uh, than uh, you know, what they were originally selling. And that's probably the reason why we saw uh, you know, such long delays on it.
0: Well, some of the boss battles themselves can be incredibly platformy. Um The first... The, all of the first set of bosses are basically static, like you have a screen that you stay on. But once we got to the second area, those stages move, and there's a lot more platforming elements to those bosses. Yeah, so- I saw... Boogie, well, I shouldn't say
1: beating, more like attempting to, uh, this guy, he starts off in a bumper car. Oh, that's the clown. He was the last boss that we beat today Yeah, I can't remember what he was exactly, but I, I remember that he started off as a clown or, or in a bumper car. Yeah.
0: And that, gets, that gets weird. <laughs> he's, he's tough. He was really tough. Katie is not the best at the platforming, so she did all right in the first section um, well, okay, let me answer your question before I move on, so the running gun sections they're not bad, but you can tell that they were not the focus and that they were sort of tacked on they're really, really short um, they're not very difficult they've got a lot of, like what's gonna kill you most in those is like surprise, here's a thing that, you know, just jumps out and wipes you out, basically um, like at the there's one where you have to, like fight bees or something as you run through the platforming level. Bees?
1: Not the bees. And you, go,
0: and you go through and it's like no big deal, no really not very challenging. You get to the very end and there's like a boss bee that flies across the, cr- the screen and hits you and knocks you down and if you're unable to land on one of the platforms which dis- like they drop once you land on them so if you're unable to land on one of those and recover, you fall and if you fall you die. It doesn't matter how much health you have left. If you fall, you die. So they're I mean, they're okay. But not nowhere near as good as the bosses. The the bosses are very clearly where all of the work went into. Yeah, understandably uh, so, because there's a lot of character in that. Yeah, there is. They're all really interesting. They all have are super detailed. They have great looking animations. There's a ton of stuff going on in the background particularly on difficult bosses where we were having trouble, like every once in a while I would just kind of like stop trying and pay attention to the what was going on around me. And then be like, oh, wow, there's so much little detail. Like, for example, on the clown level, actually you can see a lot of the attacks being choreographed by what happens in the background. There's The roller coaster, as it goes around the track, you can see it in the background as it's like climbing back up the hill to get towards you. And as soon as it goes off screen, you have about five seconds before it comes in to attack you. Every time. So that that was pretty neat. There's other examples a, a of A lot that of too, attention to detail. Yeah, a lot of attention yeah, to detail. Yeah, there was a
1: video... Uh, well, this week, obviously. Uh, just a quick highlight of you know how they did the animation. And they actually did hand-draw it. They did uh, inking onto paper from a... Well, a sketch, essentially. And digitized the ink and uh, then paint it on computers for each cell yeah a lot of work went into this
0: game this this wouldn't be a triple A game (laughs) no um i tried playing it a bit solo too and it's much less fun solo part of that is because i don't really typically enjoy this type of game it's fun but after like the 10th death on most of these bosses i'd be like fuck it i'm done but so so Katie enjoys it though. So that's what's keeping me like going after dying so many times. But it really is a good game with solid gameplay mechanics. My biggest issue that I had at the beginning was it's control layout is dumb. Um it puts all of your major buttons on ABX and Y which I'm using an Xbox One mm-hmm. controller to play. The face buttons. So- so it puts all of the actions on all the face buttons, but basically you need to be shooting a hundred percent of the time, and so that makes it difficult to use any of the other buttons because you're constantly holding down, uh, by default, A to shoot. So all I did was move that to right trigger, and I, I'm like just for my own personal sake, I mapped a couple of the other buttons differently. Um, but just I don't know why they have all four buttons on or all four of the, your primary things on the face buttons. It doesn't make any sense.
1: What well, four things, four face buttons. Yeah,
0: it makes sense. I guess. Uh, I was sarcastic. Yeah, I, fair enough. Um, but that's the only issue I've had with control at all. It feels really responsive. Um, it feels like I'm going where I need to go. You know, like if I want to go to that platform, if I miss, I don't feel like the game cheated me. I feel like I fucked up. Like I jumped too soon or I jumped too late or I timed my dash improperly. So it's it's tight, it's hard, but it's fair. That's what she except said. Except for the ex- Except for the bosses. Some of those fuckers can just go die in a hole. But I mean well, that's the that point kind of the game of the to be difficult. I, I was about to, well, I was about to say for them to go die in a hole. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Both the difficulty and the dying. I but playing it co op also has an advantage in that you can uh, do it revive. Respawn. You can revive your teammate uh, an infinite amount of times, just as long as you don't die. So that, that really helps. Every once in a while, Katie saves me, but typically I'm the one who saves her. But also I don't feel like I'm doing all of the work either. Like, I can tell whenever, like, if she dies early, for example, or if we're just, like, she's, she's not having a, a good round and is not doing a lot of damage on the boss. Like, I can tell whenever we're both... A damaging him versus just me. And if she ever dies completely, and it's like, well, it's up to you, Jared. Most of the time, I don't make it. Uh, there's only been a couple of bosses that I've basically felt like I've carried us on. Otherwise, like she would say, like, you're better than me, but I'm not useless. And that's good, because like I was really worried that she was basically going to be useless and hate it. But she picked it up really quick, and even when she's doing badly, she's either pulling the essentially pulling aggro on certain bosses which tend to gravitate and like follow you around um or i'm reviving her which is giving me like energy to do my special attack so charge if if she's doing yeah even if she's doing really badly she's at least feeding me energy to charge my ultimate so it works out it's It's been a really good experience. I was surprised at how much I liked it. I was surprised at how much I thought that it was just a good game, because I don't typically go for this kind of genre. And I was really surprised that Katie really enjoyed it, but pleasantly surprised in all of those things. So, I don't have any super major complaints yet. Nothing, like, typically I would probably say, like, this game is unfair or hard, but because that's basically what the game is trying to be, it's fine, and it does it well. I don't I don't feel like I'm being cheated, despite the fact that the devil cheated me. Uh-oh. And also, it only took us like three or four minutes to get through the tutorial. That was because Katie kind of struggled with the timing a little bit more, but it did not take us ten minutes to get through the tutorial. Well, we need to get Katie a gaming blog then. (laughs) I recorded that. Um, I gotta put it up. I I, I recorded the tutorial in our first attempt at the first boss. There's no audio. Like We aren't talking. It's just game audio. But... Still, it was it was fun. It's a good game. I don't know if we'll beat it. It's. I'm getting a lot closer to carrying because there's so much more platforming involved with the bosses in stage two, and Katie just she she can't do multiple things at once. If she's like dodging and shooting at the boss, like that's fine. But dodging, shooting, and platforming at the same time, she can't. She can't handle it. So, the first three bosses we fought in stage two she's only made it through the first phase of the boss and then i've had to to finish it off and that took a while but she'll get there she's getting better plus i don't mind i gotta play video games with my wife which doesn't happen very often i guess one final thing too that lends to that is that it's very quick like on the runs that are successful it's like a minute and a half is how long that they take So either you're, like, dying a lot and going through, like, you don't feel like you're losing tons of progress. It's like, oh, I made it a minute and I died. Well, let's try again. And it's like, oh, I minute 47. I beat him. Sweet.
1: Yeah, the only thing I
0: really don't like about the game that I've seen is
1: I'm not a big fan of how they display the health. It's not something that you could just no, no, I'm serious. It's just something I noticed immediately was that they display the health as a number instead of, you know, like hearts. And for something where it's this difficult, and you need to keep track of how much health you have, it's not something that you could just glance at. Especially since it's off in the uh, bottom left corner, and I'm assuming player two would be bottom right.
0: Yeah, and I wasn't like about to like contradict you or anything. I was actually just like breathing. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I was about second.
1: to. Uh,
0: I was about to say, well, what, are you laughing at me for finding a criticism for a game I haven't even played? No. That that is really difficult for Katie. She's like half the time. She's like half the time I don't. I can't keep up with my health because between all of the stuff happening on screen and the fact that it is in the corner, I haven't had a problem with it. So I don't know if that's just like my experience as a gamer, or it like I, I actually just like keep track of my how many times I've been hit. Well, that's in my probably head. what uh, yeah
1: you're doing is you're just keeping track and not using the uh, hit counter.
0: Yeah, and while I mean, Katie you always. Isn't. S- you always start with 3 health unless you purchase the power-up that gives you 4 health. So it's like, alright, I've started with 3 health. And I've been hit, you know, one time, two times. And then once you start getting revived, you only come back with 1 health. So at that point, it's like, oh, I've been revived once, so from now on, I've only got 1 health. I completely forgot to mention that. There's a, a store, like it, an in-game store that uses in-game coins that you get for completing the run-and-guns and then getting, like, really high scores on the bosses to buy upgrades and like different weapon types and things like that um there's a pretty good variety but so far it's like well only these things three, three things are useful and i don't know why i would buy anything else but you have to buy other stuff to unlock other stuff so i guess that's why you buy other things
1: you know, i did see an article about cuphead that was incredibly depressing and sad what was it praising Cuphead for delivering and not having a bunch of DLC and microtransactions. And no, I'm not joking. There was an article about that. And the fact that that is a headline is unspeakably depressing. And also moves us right
0: to our first news topic. Indeed. Indeed. So, this is kind of a, a culmination of several things together. Yeah, and this is just own- a, a a
1: well, a clusterfuck.
0: indeed loot boxes are corrupting triple a releases yeah oh this has been one of those weeks where
1: all the news is coming out at once about several triple a games and oh it's not there's not a bit good about this unless you're just completely um
0: moronic it's good if you're one of these companies that's making these games. Or if you're a whale. Yeah. Uh, well, as in someone
1: that uh, spends a lot of money on these microtransactions. Oh, uh, well, let's start off, I guess, with Battlefront 2, because that's a good place to just dive into this. It was kind of the catalyst for a lot of the other discussion. Yep. Battlefront 2's uh, progression system? Loot boxes. All the way down. Yep. Oh, and on top of that, it's not just, you know, loot boxes and that's it for all your power-ups and uh, your, well, technically weapon unlocks because you have to get the uh, crafting materials, which drops from the loot boxes, or uh, is from the loot boxes, to uh, unlock the weapons and all the add-ons to them, but the star cards, your power-ups, are unspeakable. Unspeakably powerful and could combine to some just insane proportions. <laughs> oh, it, it's yep. it, it's like this is uh, the designer's first run at this game and they've never understood the concept of player balance at all. The fact that the Boba Fett uh, star card has a hundred percent damage resistance <laughs> It's just absurd.
0: Yeah, it, that's at level... So the star cards, which are the... Uh, uh, well, let's just the, call them uh, power-ups. Yeah, the, the power-ups, the ability power-ups. Yeah, some of
1: them are have, just uh, passives, uh, just improves uh, various abilities, while others swap out abilities.
0: Right, and they have four levels to them, and the one for Boba Fett that gets mentioned is, like, whenever he does, like, a rocket attack, like, he flies up in the air and shoots rockets down at people... Like, the level one is a 50% damage reduction while you're doing that. You're like, oh, that sounds pretty good. That's
1: ridiculous already.
0: It's 50% is ridiculous. Yeah, 50% is usually, like, the max, but that's the base. But level four is 100% damage reduction. So whenever you do that, basically you're invulnerable. Or literally you're invulnerable.
1: Yeah, and want to bet that there's no visual indication that he's invulnerable unless you're seeing no damage
0: numbers, if there's damage numbers in the game at all. There were damage numbers in the first one. I don't. I don't know if there are in the second one, but there were in the first one. So, but anyways, yeah. I doubt. I seriously doubt there's any visual indication on that. Yeah, it's just what the fuck. Yeah, and, and there's I was...
1: And there was others. Uh, the the bombers were also very bad, where it increased their resilience and uh, damage uh, resilience and uh, flat health as well, which made them uh, not on
0: vulnerable. Yeah. And there were some that did health regeneration and increased that. Like there was one that was like health regeneration was, I think, 5% in level one. And then at level four, it's 40 or 50% health regeneration, like speed. Yeah. It's just, which is, it's, it's absurdly high numbers. So, so not only is the entire progression system based around loot boxes because you get in game credits for matches and, in Angry Joe's video, they showed that they got the same amount of credits regardless of how well they did. Yeah, it was
1: just uh, everyone on that side got the flat amount uh, from what I could tell because yeah. uh, he, he was a little upset.
0: Yeah. But so you get a certain amount of in-game credits, and you know, after a certain number of matches, you would have enough to buy a box. And then you buy your box, and you get stuff out of it. And you can recycle the things if you don't want them to get scrap or whatever i forget exactly what it was called but like the base crafting material but i mean you need like hundreds of of widgets yeah you need you you need like several hundred crafting widgets to make the next gun like the base level of the next gun but you only got like 20 maximum from the boxes
1: yeah and in the beta there's only two guns for every class which, yeah, even assuming three guns, he did some uh, simple math and was coming up with thousands of hours to uh, you know, unlock everything. Unless you just yeah. uh, you know, throw down a bunch of money, because they have confirmed that you can buy these loot boxes for real money. It's just not yep. available in the beta. Oh, and yep. also, 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 on top of everything, there's also cosmetics in the boxes to just you know, eat up uh, that precious space.
0: Yep. Which usually cosmetics are, you know, the prize in the boxes, but now they're the booby prize. And I think that they, I think it was Angry Joe that said that you can't recycle the cosmetics unless you have a copy of them. Yeah, I hadn't seen that in his video, so it
1: must have been someone else, unless I just kind of, uh, you know, glanced over it or you know, didn't hear it because uh, there there was a, there was a couple there, there was one place where he was looking and you know, you'd see the anger tw- angry twitch. Yeah, uh, Grady, also been probably was playing it up a little bit, but he, he was generally pissed.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's also been a lot of other stories and YouTube channels and stuff, so I might not have heard it from the Angry Joe video, might have heard it from someone else, but someone said that you can't recycle the cosmetics unless you already have one. So you can only recycle duplicates. So the Overwatch method. Right. Which means that you could get stuck with a ton of garbage that you don't want, but you can't do anything about it. And how are people
1: defending this game again?
0: A lot of people aren't, but a lot of people are. And that... I mean, there's... It just there's blo- no- it
1: blows my mind that people uh, yeah, defend loot boxes like this, particularly when it's the entire progression system. And if you are unlucky, you could go dozens of hours and not get upgrades for your preferred class. Because... Yeah. The, the, at least in the beta, which... I hate the term beta used in this context, because it is not a beta, it's a server stress test at best. But, let's be perfectly frank, this is a demo. In this demo, the rate that you're getting these boxes is exceptionally slow. So, if you're unlucky and you're not getting drops for the class you want, and you're not getting the ability, you know, getting enough currency to be able to craft the star cards to unlock these just insanely powerful abilities. You know, you're going to be gimpy yourself heavily if you're trying to play the class that you want to play. How the hell is this a good idea?
0: It's not. I mean, I'm. I was I was really looking forward to battlefront 2 because they were like oh we put the single player back in there's a, a new campaign bringing back all the features that should have been in the first re-release or whatever you want to call it but whatever putting them back in battlefront 2 I was like awesome this looks great been liking I like I like the footage I saw from e3 like I like the really early preview stuff they didn't have any of this in it but of course, it wasn't an early preview
1: stuff. That that would have turned people off a lot earlier.
0: Yeah, but obviously, you know, no pre-orders or whatever. We'll see what it does when it releases, and then, then this. And I'm really sad because I can't. I mean, I just I refuse to buy this. I've been going back and forth about whether or not I want to buy games that have uh, whether or not
1: to make my, it a commandment.
0: Yeah, whether or not to. Well, I mean, just in general, like, as a personal rule, like, do I buy games that have microtransactions? Do I buy games that have loot boxes? Do I... Because, yeah, you know... Yeah, I mean,
1: it's spreading like crazy. But and I'm... it's
0: also getting into some of the bigger
1: uh, indie games, like, well, Rocket League. But Rocket League is not nearly as bad, where it's all limited to just cosmetics. And they're using it to fund the free DLC and their esports scene. So I don't have as big a problem with that. But it's also a different, it's the crate system and not the loot box system, you know, the, you
0: know, the keys to unlock. So yeah. it's not exactly the same to begin with. But, I mean, I'm definitely not going to buy Battlefront 2, because it, it's just bullshit. Tying your entire progression to a loot box system that encourages people to spend money, which also is literally buying power based on how they do their power-up systems and the amount. Like the big difference that different levels of the power ups have, it would be, it would be frustrating and annoying, and I would still be pissed off if it was like, even like you know five to ten percent, like a five or a ten percent increase. But I mean, with the Boba Fett example or the the starship examples, like having double health or double regeneration or invincibility. Yeah, I've never seen abilities this powerful as unlock. Like this is worse than than mobile games that I've seen that have this power buying system. It's just bullshit, and I mean they're pushing the envelope. You know they've been pushing it for years and years and years, and people are gamers are getting young enough to not remember when you know you bought a game and. Back in my day, we had cheat codes, and then every once in a while, you know, some big games would have an expansion, but the expansion would be basically another game. That only cost you like forty bucks instead of sixty or whatever. Ugh. Like, there's less and less people. Who, well, I guess there's the the way to see it, say it is that there's more and more people who don't know that that's a thing. Because I mean, it's not like gamers are stopping, like older gamers. It's just unless uh, they die. Well, uh, I, well I'm
1: trying to avoid that. Aren't we all? Well, not
0: everyone. I mean, there is some that seeking it out, but. I mean, they're seeing... Yeah, fair enough. But they're seeing how far <laughs> they can push the envelope. And they're they're going to keep going. I mean, they'll stop at some point. I don't know where that point is. Honestly, but I, at think, some point- I think it's when the ESRB uh, steps in. Uh, Total
1: Biscuit uh, on his 40-minute video of loot boxes, because, of course, Total Biscuit uh, talks for a long time uh, about this subject, because, you know, he's rather long-winded. He was talking about how the ESRB should... Uh, make these games at minimum uh, mature rating, if not adults only.
0: Because this is gambling. How could you say that this isn't gambling? Not only is this gambling, but it's exploitative. Like, this is... I'm not sure if I want to go so far as to say it's extortion, but if it's not, it's damn close. Particularly whenever it's uh, tied
1: to such a key aspect of the game. I mean, hell, the Shadow of War example, where we're seeing now where the last act of the game, unless you knew beforehand to play a certain way, you either have an exceptionally long grind, or you buy loot boxes.
0: Yeah, so jumping from Battlefront to that, uh, there were a couple of reviewers that actually played through the game to the end, as opposed to just like, I don't know, doing a first impressions review or. Yeah. Well,
1: well, let's be, let's be perfectly honest. What I do and call first impressions, a a lot of people would call review just because I, I usually go two to uh, six hours, depending on the game. Yeah. And usually that's uh, not what I would call, comfortably call review, but there's a few times that I could have called it review and not, you know, been too far off.
0: Yeah. But so anyways, people who have played the game, like, truly to completion in order to get like the 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 true ending or the best ending or the complete ending I don't remember exactly how it was worded well, uh, um, well
1: I've done a little bit more reading on it and it seems like there's uh, the first half of the ending and then what people are calling the true ending is just another part of that ending uh, it really depends on what terminology you want because there's some apologist uh, which not sure if that's the best term for it but uh, one of the articles I was reading about, how you don't need to do loot boxes in order to get through your Shadow Wars, which is the final chapter of uh, Shadow of War. Uh, and they were talking about how this is just part of gaming now, you just need to deal with it. And they were talking about how if you go into it as not looking at it as the true ending, but a, just another part of the ending, it's not the true ending, but it's all just doublespeak. I think it's a love it is just denial that the gaming industry is turning on us. I mean, that's the only way I could look at it at this point is that the AAA publishers, it's not the developers, but for the most part, unless, you yeah, know, it's uh, just an arm of them, like maybe Warner Brothers would be a good example of that. But uh, it feels like they're turning on us and trying to squeeze us for every single fucking penny.
0: And it's getting irritating. Yeah. I mean, I I mentioned this last week, and I've already talked about it today, but I'm pretty sure like, I think I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna stop buying games that have this shit in it. Just full stop. Which is really sad, because, you know, I was looking forward to Battlefront, I'm looking forward to... I can't think of the name. It was the E3 game that I was most excited for, with like the mechs, and uh... Whatever that game I'm was,
1: blanking on. It. I did uh, see some uh, stuff about the new Beck Warrior game coming out.
0: Yeah, I hope that doesn't have loot boxes. <laughs> That's going to be one of the worst yeah, ones. I to... mean,
1: a hard stop for me is definitely AAA games that have uh, loot boxes now. Indie games, uh, the big indie games, I I'm not sure on yet. Usually, when they have them, it is to fund something else. But then you get the things like. PUBG, where they promised no loot boxes until you know, the game was released, and they put out a loot box because they need to fund their esports. Never mind the fact that they have two million players on Steam, and no, that's not an exaggeration. Their uh, their peak player count is coming up just shy of two million now, and it's a lot of Chinese players. That that game is taking yeah. off in Asia.
0: Yeah, I don't want to be too pedantic and split too split too many hairs in order to like. Oh, I, you know, it's, justify I, I, certain things, but just I'm like I'm just so tired of this, and I know that I'm just like one person, and it takes a lot more than one person. But
1: yeah, I guess you know, maybe I'm. do what you can. I'm a little leery to do a full uh, stop, but it's definitely, uh, uh, yeah. The big games are definitely a no go for me now. Granted, I don't buy many AAA games nowadays, and if I do, they're usually either heavily discounted or in a bundle somewhere. That's why. I, Refuse to say I definitely won't get Shadow of War because the way they marketed uh, Shadow of War with uh, putting Shadow of Mortar literally everywhere in every single bundle ever <laughs> uh, makes it so that if it comes up, the, uh, you know, in a few years, it's going to be very hard to not get Shadow of War. <laughs> Which maybe that's yeah uh, you know, their long term scheme, you know, uh, to have the long tail be these loot boxes. And that may be part of it. Because long-term gaming, it's not that much of a thing on PC, with some notable exceptions like Skyrim. But that's more the modding scene keeping things together, and you know, that's why we're seeing paid mods over there. But on the console, things, you see these games last for quite a while. But that's also, you know, they tend to not have as much choice. So maybe that's where the loot boxes are really coming in. It's not for the PC market, it's for the console market.
0: yeah <clears throat> console peasants running it for us yet again.
1: yeah, it's not like they held back uh you know Fallout New Vegas or anything that that was a, another article that came out this week, <laughs> which yeah, you know, it's kind of obvious if you think about it, but yeah uh, and it's not even just it's not even just these two games we had Forza do it as well. Granted, I'm, yeah, I don't know as much about Forza, so I can't really dive into it, but good thing there's someone here that can talk about it.
0: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Forza series. I'm so upset about I mean, it's another game I'm not going to buy because they basically ruined huge portions of it by making it, um, or building in this huge reliance on this crate system. Uh, yeah, didn't they? Didn't we talk a little bit about this last week? I,
1: I'm not sure if it made the show or not.
0: It, But
1: uh, you were talking about how there was an article where they were saying that it feels like Forza is built from the ground up like a free-to-play game, particularly how they're taking some of what the game modes were before and putting them into these crates and making them consumables.
0: Yeah, so uh, there was a Reddit thread where there was a a mobile developer that makes free-to-play games, was talking about all the systems that he sees in Forza. And it looks like that they've built a free-to-play game from the ground up in Forza 7 and then slapped a price tag on it and are selling it to people. Um, And one of the things that they've done, the Turn 10, the developers, um, in all other Forza games, you could tweak settings. And basically it was like a risk-reward thing. You could make the game more difficult by taking away driver aids and making um, computer cars or... Opponent cars harder, you know, making them drive better, uh, and they that give you, yep, and that would give you ex- XP and money boosts at the end of every race. Or you know, you could turn the driver aids uh, on and make the AI dumber, and it would take away those boosts. And you couldn't go below a hundred percent. Um, like with all of the aids turned on, was like the base at a hundred percent reward. And then you know, the the more difficult you made it for yourself, the more reward you got. Which, you know, was great for all players of all, you know, play styles, skill levels. And just those of us that were better could get into the higher level cars faster just based on skill. But now, while you can still tweak, like, drive raids and stuff, uh, they don't... they completely remove that system of risk-reward. And now you get those boosts from uh, crates. And they are consumable. One-time use. And so, you know, you can get a boost for having the weather change halfway through, which I think is... I don't know why that's a thing, but whatever. Or you can bump up the difficulty for one race to get a reward and, and that sort of thing. They have done that. They've also jacked up the price of all of the cars in comparison to previous Forza games in order to um, make everything more grindy. They've removed a lot of the customization options that you can get for cars uh, in terms of, like, performance components and things. They still have the the cosmetic right, well, I'm glad they left all the cosmetics in, in place. Yeah, you can still go go hog wild with the paint schemes and stuff, but um yeah, th- the only way to get m- the majority of the performance part increases is through loot boxes because there are now rewards from loot boxes. Um And they've made it so that they've tweaked a lot of the game modes so that you can't do as much with fewer cars. In all previous Forza games, basically for the first dozen or so hours of play, uh, you would have three or four cars that were rewarded. Like, you got your starter car, and then you had a few that were rewarded to you, and then typically you could buy one, another one. And that would allow you to compete. And, you know, you could have four cars and do 25%, 30% of the races, but now there are a lot more. All of the race uh, circuits are a lot more specific to what types of cars you can use, or what makes and models, or years. Meaning that you have to have a lot more cars. So you have to, again, spend either grind a lot more to get the in-game currency to buy the cars, or hey, buy loot boxes. And you can buy loot boxes with the in-game currency uh, if you do, if you win and you don't have... Wait, well, at least this is based on the reports. I have no first-hand knowledge of this, but based on an, another article that I read last week, which we should try and find, um, they were saying they would take you, like, two to three late race wins to get the base level box with, like, no guaranteed, like, rares or anything like that. Uh, and it would take you five to six races to get the, the second tier. And that was if you won and had no none of their, like, consumable... Uh, credit boost things on. It's just it's just bullshit. They've turned it into a, a f- what is it that a fee to pay or no? They they called it to pay to earn. earn. Yeah,
1: yeah. There was uh, arts testica uh, arts technica
0: article that was uh, calling it pay to earn, which
1: is not wrong.
0: No, and it sucks because I love the Forza games. I have yeah, I mean, you sound extremely
1: upset about this.
0: Uh, I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm I'm not. Yeah, uh, yeah, pick
1: on you about that, because... Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. How the hell did we get to this point? I mean, that's that's kind of the thing that really gets to me, is that I'm looking around and looking at the, the news, and I, I, well, I tweeted this out th- uh, this week, that it feels like I need a hobby to get away from my hobby, because it's uh, pissing me off too much.
0: Yeah. I just... I don't the, the gaming industry does not do a good job policing itself. It doesn't have the unions and things like other entertainment industries do.
1: Yeah, if there was a,
0: got- a, a brief thing earlier that I was watching talking
1: about how the the gaming industry is the only industry that doesn't pay any royalties. This was uh, on Jim uh Jim Sterling's stream talking about how uh yeah you know, the $60 game is a lie when you consider that they piece off all these things. And now the loot boxes just add to that, but there's no royalties whatsoever. And we did uh, talk. Uh, well, we've talked about it before about how the voice actors won royalties, but honestly, the voice actors are kind of on the lower end of where I would expect royalties to start to work their way in. Cause hell the writers, the developers, I mean, uh, they don't get royalties either.
0: Yeah, I mean, the gaming industry needs regulation and unions, because in the in the film industry, like everybody's got a union. There's unions for I'm the surprised camera there's crew. Not there's not unions un-
1: for unions in the uh, in the film industry.
0: <laughs> As a matter of fact, there probably is. There, there might be, yeah. But I mean, they have a ton of unions, and they if you work on a film crew for you know big Hollywood, you know indie in independent films and stuff are you know different like they have all the rules but they don't have the money but if you work on a big, big film crew even as just like a, you know a cameraman or a sound person you know as soon as you go over a certain time like you start making double and triple time and you I mean you get paid well for the work that you do you treated well you know there's a lot of regulation well there's also the, uh, the the 30 mile zone and uh, around
1: Hollywood and that's why a lot of just off uh, offset footage kind of looks the same. Uh, there was a Tom Scott uh, video about it, about the 30-mile zone. And while a lot of old Sapphire looks the same, is because they kept using the same uh, uh, shooting locations. Because of the 30-mile zone, if you go beyond that, you just have to start paying a lot of travel expenses for your actors. Yeah, you A lot of extra pay. And, you know, that is a downside of it, but, you know, it also prevents, you know, oh, well, let's uh, go shoot in Utah. Uh, you have uh, uh, six hours to get there. You know, that sort of
0: thing. Yeah.
1: Uh, honestly, so, I'm, uh, it feels okay. like the ESRB has really let us down, to be perfectly yeah. honest, because they should have stepped in long before this. How they should have... Well, granted, the, you know, the ESRB, it's probably not their dur- jurisdiction for mobile. Uh, but, yeah, you know, there should be something like the ESRB for mobile gaming. and yeah. Maybe that's where Google and Apple needs to step in and start looking at these because hell, Apple was throwing a fit when the Confederate flag was in civil war games a couple of years ago when, yeah, you know, well, I, I can't even say when that big kerfuffle was going on because yeah, it's back around again, but yeah, not to get too political. Well, yet. we'll, we'll, we'll see where we go from there. But, uh, uh, Apple was taking, well, Apple, what's Google doing as well? Uh, I know Apple was, uh, but, you know, Apple no, uh, it was... loves to censor at a drop of a hat. They're almost as biased, I don't think uh, Google was. Uh, uh, well, Google would probably uh, limits their uh, censorship to YouTube, to be f- perfectly honest. <laughs> but Apple was uh, taking down games that had Confederate flags in them, never minding the context. But they leave all these hugely exploitative, uh, uh, well, Slot machines. I mean, that's what these are. In the at the end of the day, they're a slot machine. They were leaving all these slot machines on their uh, marketplace, and never really uh, policed them and just let them go hog wild. But then again, hell, uh, there's so much in the mobile gaming scene that I've seen uh, just you know poking around the Google Play Store, seeing, hey, look, this is definitely not Mario. <laughs> or screenshots of
0: hey it, it's, doesn't that look like a banished Huh, that's strange i saw a game called player unknown's battle gear uh well there's earlier. one there's one on steam now
1: Uh player unknown survival or, or no it's not player Unknowns. it's oh shoot now, now i'm going to have to go hunt that down because it's going to bug me I may have gotten a review copy of that actually. hang on uh I'm not seeing it on my game list, which is irritating because i I know i I think I got a review copy of it, but then they revoked it yeah that that's what they did they They put it out and I had it for less than twelve hours after getting the review key and that was revoked. <laughs> no idea why uh let's see let's search player um i'm not seeing it here but it it's yeah it's obviously trying to get clicks from player announced battlegrounds and we're starting to see that popping up on steam now so there's the the same problem going on from uh, just a lack of policing granted it's, we're getting a little off topic but it's the same basic idea where there's really no oversight whatsoever and I I hate to say that we should bring the government into it because honestly I don't trust it at this point (laughs) Uh, especially with the current administration getting a little bit political again but yeah there's something that has to be done and uh, the ESRB is just sitting on their hands at this point
0: well I don't know if the ESRB I mean it's what is it something ratings board I remember what the ES stands for. Electronic something ratings board. Regardless, I don't know if this is exactly part of their original. The Entertainment mandate,
1: Software but, Rating Board.
0: But, I mean, they are supposed to be the self governance of the gaming industry so that the federal government. Yeah, back that's off. the uh, entire and reason I suppose why the if, ESRB was created was to keep the government from uh, coming in and regulating. Yeah, and I suppose that if they don't want that to happen, they better get off their hands soon, because I seriously cannot imagine the federal government even as ineffective, let's say, to be kind, <laughs> as this administration is. What I just can't see them a, not coming in. Usually effective at babysitting, <laughs> um, at the very least for the tax dollars that they could be getting from all of this stuff. But I mean, gambling is. Illegal in many, many places in the states, and considering and is, well, considering also that a lot of these games
1: are marketing this to kids. I mean, that's uh, yeah. that's a big dodo. Yeah, and a lot of these games are, are shockingly not rated mature. Do you imagine the outcry that would have happened if this happened in the nineties when of the violence in Mortal Kombat? And I'm talking the original. 2D sky-scrolling mortal of combat. Do you imagine if the loot boxes were happening back then as well? Oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Because
1: it's just... I'm shocked that we haven't seen the outcry yet. I'm expecting it within a year we're going to see a, a, a huge outcry and some sort of legislation starting to bubble up because this is starting to hit too many AAA games for people to not notice. I think it's going to really happen though after a couple kids start racking up some huge bills because that's when it started happening. Yeah, some control in the bubble marketplace. What what was it? The Smurfs game? That there was a Smurfs game that had it where you bought Smurf berries. And some kid racked up a $10,000 bill. (laughs) Yeah, I played that game. I was not that kid, though. No, you only racked up a 5000 bill. Yes. I I remember there being something about that where it was essentially just a town clicker game. And the barriers were used to skip all the time. Uh, You know, uh, the Tom... Well, the Tomers, I should say. Uh, The Tom Tomers. And there was a huge outcry that, and it caused Apple to step in and make it so that there has to be confirmation on every single purchase. Because before that, if I recall correctly, I could be completely wrong there, and that wouldn't be the first, that they were able to just, you know, click through and, you know, ba. bah, bah, bah. And I'm really expecting, you know, a, a few kids rack up a huge bill on maybe Shadow of War or. Yeah, I would say probably the sports games would probably be the most likely though because yeah, that, that's also over there. Granted, well, I'm not Wasn't it Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead.
0: Wasn't it last year there was a kid who spent like 2 grand on FIFA or something like that on their microtransaction system? I think so. Uh uh th- because they have the ultimate team and it's uh,
1: essentially sp- uh packs of uh game cards. And <laughs> Uh, well, that's been kind of a slow boil as well over there, where uh, that's become kind of accepted. Yeah, you know, it's just it's how the things go. It's how it is. It, it's it's how the gaming I- gaming industry is now. So deal with it. But no, I'm not yeah. going to deal with it. Fuck you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it. Unfortunately. It's here to stay for now. It's here to stay At to, some for point, now
1: until someone screws up and racks up a $20,000
0: bill on Shadow of War. Yeah, that's or, what I was going to say. Or it's here to stay for AAA now until, hit, they hit. until something happens that causes the government or the ESRB to step in. One of the two. And then when that happens, who knows what will happen. I mean, hell,
1: the ESRB rating takes adult only. Is it going to be nearly as bad as it used to be because what it was the big stigma years ago was that brick and mortar stores wouldn't run the game. Yeah, they wouldn't shelf it because they wouldn't shelf adult only because that was in their mind porn. Which, granted, there was a couple porn games, but they never really took off. So, Adults Only usually was just this big boogeyman. Uh, Matter of fact, Oblivion actually was rated Adults Only at one point. Did did you ever- Really? Yeah. You never read about that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, there was a texture in the game that had female nipples. (laughs) And you were able to to mod the game to swap out uh, the texture for the other texture that was in the game but not enabled- and that calls the ESRB to wake up, panic, label Oblivion adults only, and get it pulled from shelves. Well, alrighty then. <laughs> and this is the Elder I- Scrolls Oblivion, by the way. In case you're wondering, what the hell is this Oblivion talking about? There's only one Elder Scrolls game, and it's called Skyrim. No, there's other games, and there's better games. And boy, I never thought I'd be defeating Oblivion after not really caring that much about Oblivion when it came out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, w- I would say if they put an adults' only rating like on the front and like a big thing it's like this game has gambling in it, You're like gambling for real money, that would probably do something for parents and stores I'm not, I mean I'm not convinced
1: mostly because parents usually ignore those ratings or I should say the parents that shouldn't be ignoring those ratings ignore the ratings because it is the
0: babysitter for little Tammy. Yeah. I hope... Mm. I hope that the next generation of gamers, like my kids' age, with all of us being gamers, ourselves... Us having
1: the lamb party in the old folks' home. Well,
0: yeah, but we all know a thing or two. Because I used to make shit up and lie to my parents all the time to get them to buy me games. Like My parents actually were super conservative, and there was a lot of games that I got because I just like flat-out lied, and they didn't know any better and the internet was relatively new, and we had dial-up, and then even when we had high-speed internet, by that point I was a teenager and could buy a lot of games of my own, but it's like, if my kid ever tried to lie to me about a game, I would know almost immediately. <laughs> it's like, nope. Daddy's a gamer, son. I know. Yeah, this, so this one definitely has dicks in it. Here, play it. Hope, hopefully. Hopefully this is like... The sort of the, the... It sounds weird to say this, but like the death knell of this? Like, I feel like their days are numbered well, for we've this sort peak of thing. we've hit peak loot box? Yeah, we've, we've hit peak bullshit. At least this type of bullshit. I was about anyways. to say, <laughs> peak bullshit. Boy, boy are you gotta be disappointed. Because su- relatively soon, I mean, I don't mean like tomorrow, but in the next few years, someone is gonna do something. Someone's gonna fuck up, and then the government's gonna step in, or the ESRB is gonna step in. Or... You know, the kids will get old enough to, like, get tired of this shit, too. Or
1: uh, they they get old enough where they're having to pay for the loot boxes themselves and they realize just how bullshit that is. Yeah,
0: this is... Yeah. In a few years, this is going to change. I don't know if it's going to change to something that's better or something that's worse or something that's relatively as bad, but... This can't go on forever. It's gotta stop somewhere. It always does in industries when there's a runaway, in some way or another. The market might self-correct, and we might see a second gaming crash brought on by all this bullshit, at least in the AAA sector. I think the indie sector would be fine. Yeah, I think indie is strong enough now that well,
1: it doesn't really need the publishing because it has Steam and uh, the uh, other digital distribution sites. But... uh, I'm just uh trying to uh think of the, you know a way out of this without having you know, things turn bad and I'm struggling to see just how we could escape this and th- the problem is that I don't think even a consumer revolt or you know a boycott will work because for one boycotts are only as good as the follow-through and th- what which uh modern warfare was it but there was a a, a screenshot that you see every time someone mentions uh, we should boycott this game of modern warfare whatever we want we demand uh, the server browser it was the first modern warfare on pc that didn't have the server browser and in that steam group it showed i would say probably about 20 or 30 people and two-thirds of them were playing Modern Warfare. <laughs> the, the the exact version that they were boycotting, or boycotting in sarcasm quotes. Boycotts only work as good as the follow-through. And, yep, you know, it didn't work then because they still bought the fucking game. They made a lot of noise, they were ignored, and they still bought the fucking game. And on top of that, loot box boycotts are going to be even tougher because loot boxes prey on what they call whales. It's not the general public that buys them or the ones that make them profitable. It's the ones that spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on these loot boxes that make them profitable and the fact that these aren't that expensive to implement in the first place. So even having just a handful of whales still makes it worthwhile because It's not that expensive. You're getting a little bit from. A good chunk of the people. But the handful that. You know half of a percent. Are spending thousands of dollars on these things. To be the top of the leaderboard. Or to be able to wreck ship. First day in Battlefront 2. Before everybody. Is able to level up. If they you know stomach the game that long. And stomach the level up system that long. And i'm just saying i'm not seeing how the boycott could work on this i hate saying it i'm not seeing a
0: good outcome for this am i being too pessimistic on this no i don't see a good outcome either because <laughs> it's like i mean some implementations of loot boxes are not that bad and game companies will you know the AAA developers the biggest you know Egregious offenders are going to be like, see, you buy that game with loot boxes, so it justifies us putting loot boxes in our game. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing. We're is going. That I'm
1: seeing people uh, defending the loot boxes or, or defending the games themselves, saying, well, if you don't like it, just don't
0: buy the loot boxes, but still get the game. And that doesn't work. Yep, because game. There's always been a suspicion that we couldn't confirm that they were tweaking the. The game economy, or whatever you want to call it, to encourage the purchase of these the loot game boxes. Balance. But yeah, the game balance. But now we have unadulterated proof in three games that come out, you know, back to back to back, basically in the same season. In these three games, yeah, in the same season. These three games have fucked with the game balance to try and encourage you to buy loot boxes, effectively locking content behind the loot boxes. And well, in one case, literally locking content behind the loot boxes. <laughs>
1: This has not been a happy episode, has it?
0: (laughs) Nope. And we have spent a long time on this topic. Yeah,
1: we ended up rambling a lot longer than we were expecting.
0: Like what, 30, 40 minutes? Yeah, something like that. I'm not exactly 100% sure when we swapped over, but. Oh, uh, you're not sure when we swapped, huh? (laughs) Nope. I'm not sure. But I know what we swapped. Wink. Oh, my. Well, with that, let's move on to something else. Yeah, let's uh, move Um, on to, hopefully, uh,
1: maybe the one out that we have that isn't negative. And I'm glad that we kept this uh, subject uh, separate now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. Because I originally had lumped it all together. But our next topic is Open Critic takes a stand against loot boxes. Yes,
1: uh, they're still trying to develop this, but they're... this uh, Open Critic, if you don't know, is essentially an open version of Metacritic because Metacritic has been criticized, well, if you pardon the turn of phrase there, uh, for several takes. One being a little obscure about how they handle their uh, their (sighs) uh, their their... I'm trying to think of a good way to put it. The how? And I'm just blanking now. I've talked to I would long. help
0: you, but I'm not 100% where you're going. Are you talking about the the way that Metacritic does their review aggregate? Uh, uh,
1: yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Aggregate was the word I was stumbling over. Okay. Uh, and that'll be fun to edit out, which you probably won't.
0: Nah, it'll be in there for all to hear.
1: Uh, what can I say? I uh, I've just talked for too long. Uh, the, the battery has gone down. I need to uh, go get some <laughs> coffee or something.
0: Yeah, I'm going to need coffee after this segment, too. Oh, my. Yeah.
1: But, uh, though. Metacritic has uh, been criticized for that. And also the fact that if there's an update to a review, they won't update their review on their site. So, uh, well, the probably the more famous example is whenever SimCities, the 2013 version of it, uh, you know, everybody was revising their review when they realized. Oh shit! We were kind of misled with some of these systems, uh, and Polygon was very famous for dropping their review score. What was it, five or six times? Which I will admit was kind of humorous at the time, but you know didn't really serve any point because you know they kind of reversed it in the end. And Metacritic still had their original review, which was really positive. Well, a big critic. Uh, addresses a lot of this and they're going to take a stance on loot boxes and crates and chests and you know whatever the developer calls it as the article calls it and they're trying to figure out exactly how to tackle this and what to tackle and i'm really hoping that you know just having that information out there is you know one way to get this out out of this just hell of a mess that we're in Because that's probably the biggest thing, is that there's really no aggregate on information about microtransactions and loot boxes and the like. Unless you start digging. And a lot of gamers don't really dig that much. Granted, OpenCritic doing this instead of Metacritic isn't as helpful because it's not exactly the most well-known compared to the
0: other. But it's a start. Yeah. Indeed. I mean I think you pretty much summed up everything right there. I'm try- trying to think of something else to see.
1: Well, as soon as I found my Hope- as soon as I found
0: my words. Hopefully open critic doing this is the key to unlocking this box. Well,
1: unfortunately we're gonna have to pay two bucks fifty for it. <laughs> oh. Unless you're playing Rocket League, then it's uh yeah, you know, a buck per but you get a pack of five. Woohoo! <laughs> That's great value there. Uh, I'm just, I'm really sick and tired of the microtransactions. I don't have as big a problem with them in free to play. And oh yeah, well oh, cross out. I'm, uh, I'm still playing, and it has the loot boxes, but you know they don't have a way to bomb directly. They're all tied behind uh, certain things, d- tied behind the season achievements, uh, tied behind playing a certain amount of time per day or per week. And you could, uh, well, you could directly buy them if you pay for the in-game currency, and that's you know, kind of blurring the line a little bit. But you have to yeah. specifically go after them. It's not, you, you buy in and you just get the loot boxes, you're getting the currency to and, they still have systems in place to try to prevent people from just buying in and being, you know, max power right away.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't have a problem with loot boxes or literally any payment system if the game's free to play. Like if I'm if I'm going into it and not paying you anything, you know, I get to decide how much sort of I don't know, psychological warfare I'm willing to put up with on these loot boxes and stuff. And if I like the game enough, then I'll put up with it, and if I don't, then I won't, and I'll leave. And I, you know, nothing gained, nothing lost. But when I have to pay a game up front, I have an expectation of getting that game and not getting a game that is just like a game I could get for free, but that I paid for already. And
1: probably what's even more egregious is... You pay $60 for the game, then you have the microtransactions, then it has the season pass, and oh, it also has a deal with Tostinos to uh, get loot boxes through codes and uh, fucking pizza rolls.
0: Yeah. I'm actually pretty okay with the tiered system for (laughs) buying games. If it didn't include all that other shit, that's fine. Games are expensive. They cost a lot more to make than they used to, plus... um publishers and developers spend way too much money on marketing in my opinion. Yeah, uh, the marketing Whatever. budgets are like uh, the marketing budgets are the launch share of the budget these days. Right, but I'm okay with with a tiered system like you get, you know, the game for 60 bucks or for 80 bucks you get the game plus, you know, the equivalent of the season pass and then for 100 bucks you get like everything forever that might come out for that game. I'm perfectly fine with that. There's lots of business models that do that with other products. And you just basically pick how much you want to be invested in it. You pick that tier, you go in, and you go. But they do that. And also, like you said, you know, double, triple, quadruple dip, and microtransactions, DLC, loot boxes, season passes, sometimes multiple season passes. Wasn't it the original Battlefront that had two season passes? Oh, I know
1: Borderlands 2 had two season passes.
0: Yeah. And the
1: second season pass didn't really give all that much.
0: Yeah. I'm, you know a lot of these things I'd be okay with on their own. Like, I'm fine with the idea of a season pass if you want to, you know, essentially pre-order DLC if they didn't stack it with other stuff. It's just too much. Too much shit.
1: Yeah, well, if you want to hear something depressing, uh, Shadow War is sitting at a 84% review, but, grand, this is only on 1,100 reviews right now. But the top reviews are all negative you talking about on Steam? Yeah. I'll be hell. Shadow of War was. Uh, re- uh, well, <sighs> was it Polygon that gave a scathing review uh, based on its microtransactions and still gave it a 7.5 out of 10?
0: Uh, I'm not sure if it was Polygon or not.
1: It, it, I, I think it was Polygon or maybe Gotaku. Uh, one of the two uh, you know, was talking uh, how bad the, uh, the microtransactions were. Then 7.5 out of 10. I mean you do realize that there is scores below that, right? Granted, I think the game actually has to give you some sort of tricks uh some sort of disease in order to rate in the sixes. And yeah, you know, five it just yup, know, just y you know, just completely destroys your system.
0: You don't want to know what happens if you get a two. This is interesting do not so the shadow of war Do we're way fucking off track do not accept the terms of service if you just click the accept button without clicking the chat box it turns off the microtransactions marketplace and people attacking your base while you're offline uh and then it has multiplayer in quotes there is nothing that tells you it's possible to do this on the screen it's detailed further here you can follow the link that's interesting don't worry they'll patch pl- that out breaking news i guess just don't accept the terms of service, and then you don't have to deal with that bullshit. I mean, the the base game would still be there, and it would still be tuned for microtransactions, but at least you wouldn't have to deal with it. Like, seeing it constantly. That sounds pretty yeah, good. Yeah, and I'm a yeah, and that. On top of that, the orc that's just sitting there greeting and rubbing his hands together. Yeah, fuck that guy.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck him. He's going to be an asset in uh, every single Jim Sterling video from now until the end of Tom.
0: He's been in so many already.
1: I mean, it's basically become stock asset for him. Not that I can blame pretty him, to be perfectly honest, because, damn, what were they thinking on that?
0: Yeah, they they weren't. Uh, oh, I think they were thinking, ka-ching! Yeah. That pretty much shows it off, too. Uh, well, I, I know you like it when I show off. <laughs> Alright, let's just get away from loot boxes entirely. Yeah, let's
1: talk about something uh, a lot... Uh, ni- oh, wait. I'm looking at the next thing on the docket. Never mind. What? Unless you, uh,
0: uh, you're uh, changing the order of things. I'm not changing the order of things. I just like the way you said that was very confusing. The RPG
1: that helps fight depression in uh, Japanese people.
0: Yeah, something a lot, lot uh,
1: nicer. Talking about depression. Uh, okay.
0: Well, yeah, but we're fighting depression, so that's nicer.
1: Well, well talking uh, about the stigma of uh, going to a therapist in Japan, uh, because, the, come on, it can't be that bad. I mean, they can't all be like Jared.
0: <laughs> so, first of all, to unpack that a little bit, Eastern cultures in general are very suspicious of therapists. Eastern culture is very collectivistic, whereas Western culture is very individualistic. So... In Eastern culture, admitting that you have problems is a social stigma because that means that you are dragging down your group. Typically, it's families, but it can be other things as well. Um, the Japanese are notorious for making their work basically their life, and admitting that you have problems drags down your work, it affects your coworkers, and that would be shameful, there, so you don't want to do that. There's a word in Japanese for death
1: from overwork.
0: yeah. So, in, in Eastern cultures, and Japan's pretty notorious for this, just being a therapist doesn't work very well over there. Because people... there's I mean, there's a social stigma against you if you go to see a therapist. Well, uh, to be fair, it's not
1: that much different here. There is a stigma about seeing a therapist in Western cultures as well. It's more, it's more is, of a but, general thing, but in Eastern cultures, it's worse.
0: Yeah. It, well, it's getting better over here, too. I mean, it, it, ever since I started down this career path, and I've actually kind of tuned in to what's going on, it, it becomes more acceptable all the time. There's a lot of places where you would expect people to be like, ah, therapy, what, whatever. But particularly in younger generations. Yeah, why are you uh, going like to the, see
1: the rapist?
0: Like late Gen Xers and then um, Millennials and then what's the next generation? Is it Gen Y or Gen Z? Whatever. Doesn't matter. The people uh, I, after I, me. I
1: believe it's the uh, gold or silver. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sun and Moon, Gold or Silver.
1: No, 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 no. Gold or Silver was uh, the second generation, remember? Yeah, I know. Pokemon um, joke. Because we were I talking about Eastern the... cultures. and
0: I was going on with the joke, but it wasn't funny. And man, what else is new? Well, you killed it, but uh, you know, what else is new? Anyways, what they're trying to do is uh, they've developed an RPG called Sparks, which... Is in general like other RPGs based on what this article says, but the. It is an educational type game that teaches you skills. And they picked uh, CBT, which stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, which is one of the most empirically tested and proven types of therapy to work. And in a nutshell, what it does is it teaches you to think differently so that you can either change behaviors or stop negative thoughts. It's really useful in treating anxiety and depression. I use different versions of CBT on a regular basis with my clients. Um, so basically you play the game and as you go through and find situations, it encourages you to change your thought patterns and adapt more healthy patterns. Uh, and that's pretty cool. It seems to be working as well. Um, based on the limited evidence that was in the article and a little bit of outside research I did myself, they're starting to see, um, a, a small, but noticeable reduction in depression and anxiety for, from the people who play this game, something like 10% reduction in their depressed and anxiety feelings, which is not quite what you could get from therapy, uh, in typical in, in general, uh, going to a therapist for a few months, As long as therapy is successful, you'll see somewhere like a 25 to 30% reduction in your depression and anxiety feelings. But from just playing an educational game, 10% is pretty good. And that can make a world of difference to people when, you know, 10%, like 10% of 1,000 is more than 10% of 100. And these cultures, Japan in particular, has just a ton of anxiety and stress and depression that just goes unreported because of cultural stigmas. So. What it's doing to help reduce that is pretty pretty fantastic. Uh, I'd, I'd like to get my hands on it, actually, and check it out for myself, but I'm not sure if there's a way to do uh, that yet. Well, it yet. does
1: say that there's an English version in New Zealand. I'm not sure if it's going to be coming to the States or not. It'll be something to look into.
0: Yeah, if there's... I didn't have a lot of time to, like, search around for it, but I I mean, you know.
1: Well, I imagine... It, I could it, at least I, understand the I, words. I, I, <laughs> I know some of these words.
0: I know these. I mean, it is English. There are differences between American and Australian and British and et cetera English, mm-hmm. but in general, you know, I could understand it. So, well,
1: if it's uh, in New Zealand, I'm sure we could have at least someone translate for us. <laughs> yeah. Now, 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 what does the uh, dingo mean in this context?
0: So, I mean, that's... Do you have any questions? Uh, Anything that you want? N-
1: not really. This was more... Uh, well, more uh, just a kind of a feel-good piece, uh, especially after the last couple... Uh, well, a- at least the main topic for the week. And it yeah. also kind of tied into the uh, thing uh, last week where we had you uh, your expertise.
0: Yeah, I should put together a, a list of books, because there's been a lot of psychological study done on video games... Um, I should put together a list of books for anyone who's interested. There's there's some, been some pretty fascinating studies and statistics, particularly stuff regarding WoW. Um, the books that I'm thinking of are a little bit outdated. I should try and find some more recent ones, but a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of neat research you can do with video games.
1: Well, if this is the game that I found just now, I found their website. I'll drop it in the show notes and have it on uh, the well the show notes. Uh, it says that they're it's not outside of New Zealand yet, but they're planning on having other countries. Yeah, uh, is this it?
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay, I, I was just
1: wanting to make sure. And it does have a YouTube video on how it works, which uh, it would be very
0: helpful. Yay! Psychology two weeks in a row. I'm helping. I'm helping. <laughs> well, don't worry, I'll class things up Fuck Yay <laughs> <laughs> oh. Alright, so anyways uh, Microsoft is rumored to want to extend PUBG's exclusivity on Xbox No shit, Sherlock <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't uh, it's the game right yeah, now. Yeah, they
1: would be foolish to not want to expand it. And that's part of the reason why they were, well, Blue Hole was so pissed at Epic, was that beat that they beat them to the consoles. Because Fortnite is on both the consoles. And I would say that uh, yeah, Blue Hole would probably be very foolish to take them up on this, even though Microsoft could probably give them a lot of money. Because Microsoft is getting their ass-handed to them this console generation. At least at the beginning of the year. That was the latest numbers I was able to find just on a very quick search. The Xbox One was being outsold nearly 2 to 1. With the Nintendo Wii getting about half their sales. Or, or sorry, the Wii U. Uh, it was the Wii U numbers. And granted, this is before the PlayStation Pro and the Xbox X, 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 S, X, whatever. Whatever they decide to call the next version, I guess, as well. But they can't made up that much of a difference yet. So they still have a very small share of the market. And I think Bluehole will definitely want to expand into the PlayStation where they have a lot Bigger player base or potential player base. Uh, how much money would they have to give Bluehole to be able to make this profitable for him?
0: I don't know. I mean, they've sold a cajillion copies on PC.
1: Um, uh, I guess we're gonna have to fire up Steam Spine to find out because th- this ought to be interesting. How many player? Uh, how, well, how many copies? Because Player Nuts Battleground is peaking just shy of two million now and uh it, it also kind of irritates me that it's all capitals you know player battlegrounds it's very angry let's see uh owners fifteen point six billion that's a lot
0: that's pretty good that, that's um pretty
1: good well, at least that's a to steam spot which is usually pretty accurate on these things and uh Like I said, they would be foolish to uh, take this, to be, in my opinion, granted, I'm not a business expert in gaming. I don't even pretend to want to be one on a podcast. (laughs) But I would imagine that they wouldn't want as many players as possible. And right now, that would be getting onto consoles, and I'm just trying to imagine the... The performance on consoles because hasn't PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds also been very panned on just how hugely unoptimized it is?
0: Yes, yes, it has.
1: Yeah, it used to be the joke that can it play Crisis? Now it is can it play PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds above a low? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is always no. It can't ever. At least without you know
0: uh, you know just running two computers in SLI. <laughs> Trying to see if I can find numbers for how many PS4s have sold. They're all old numbers. That, that,
1: that's why I was saying a quick that
0: Google search. The, yeah.
1: The, I think the newest I was finding was before the kind of this weird half step of the generation. I don't think that they've really reported the numbers yet on the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. To date.
0: Uh, VG charts might be useful here. All right. According to VG Charts, the PlayStation Four has sold sixty-two and a half million units oh, only since its launch, uh, compared to the Xbox One at thirty point seven five million. So, yeah, two to one. Yeah, they're yeah close enough. Yeah, I mean 30 million is nothing to sneeze at, but I mean you you know. Yeah,
1: Yo, you you Your, would go for the bigger I agree number. with you. Like
0: Yeah, or, it's or, like how or much money yet,
1: both. Because why not both?
0: Yeah. I mean, Microsoft does have fuck you money, so I mean they might be willing to pay them enough money that they would go, okay, yeah, that works. But if I if I was them, I would be asking for like, I don't know, a billion dollars. If you give me a yeah, billion dollars, I'll for,
1: keep this yeah, exclusive. I would here. be asking for Minecraft money.
0: Yeah, well, Minecraft was two billion. I don't think this is quite the phenomenon that Minecraft has Yet. been, because Minecraft had, you know, has had years of staying power, nearly a decade at this yeah, point. Damn, that, that's uh, it
1: is kind of uh, amazing to believe Minecraft has uh, been the thing for so long. And it looks like Battle Royale is becoming that. Granted, I'm pretty sure that there was some sort of Battle Royale in Minecraft as well.
0: Yeah, there's been basically everything in Minecraft. Yeah. Well, look how they built
1: computers in Minecraft.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, basically, if I was these guys, if I was Blue Hole, I'd be asking for a billion dollars. I'd probably do it for 750 million. But, I mean, if they didn't give me that money, fuck it. Try, say no. Put it on PS4. Get access to another 60 million players or 60 million potential customers. If they could get on Switch too. That would be nice. but... I don't
1: think it would work on Switch. As in, yeah, you know, it's just not optimized enough to work on Switch. Because is it uh, is it yeah. Nintendo's uh, console still underpowered compared to the other two? Even though it's uh, the newer, newest of them.
0: Yeah, it's still underpowered. But yeah, that's also Nintendo's thing. Nintendo
1: has two things. One, they never deliver enough uh, of anything. Always have uh, some sort of physical merchandise shortage. And two, their consoles are always underpowered and they go for more staying power of their licenses which, yeah, they have to milk Mario dry at some point. Yeah, you know, His nipples, you know, they have to be just chafed all to hell at this point. <laughs> I, I mean, there, there was a big controversy about Mario's nipples. <laughs> or did you see that one? Yeah, you know, People talking about Mario... No, I'm not joking.
0: No, I didn't see that.
1: Yeah, there was talk about uh, him having
0: a swimsuit and showing nipples. Nice. <laughs> According to this, the Nintendo Switch has sold almost six million units already.
1: Can you imagine how many they would have sold if they actually had to talk?
0: <laughs> Probably ten million, that'd be my guess. The Wii U though over its lifespan has only sold fourteen million units. <laughs> so the Switch is already almost halfway oh, there yeah. and it's not even been a year since its release.
1: Uh, to be fair, the, uh, the I think the Wii U was kind of sabotaged from the beginning because it felt like just an expansion on the Wii. It didn't feel like its own console, and I imagine that a lot of the more casual people that bought the Wii, or especially since the Wii went into areas that didn't really have a uh, gaming saturation, just looked at the Wii. It's like, why do I need a tablet for my Wii? I wouldn't blame people for uh, thinking that because, hell, whenever I first heard we use, uh, like, what is this? Well, outside of what the noise that a siren makes.
0: All
1: <laughs> Alrighty. Next topic. Next topic. Yo, something, Telltale. Yo, something nice and happy to round things out.
0: Telltale will remove image of real-life assassination <laughs> victim from Batman, the enemy within.
1: Oh, How the hell did this... Well, we, I think I know how the hell this happened, but you, you would think this would have been caught, but this kind of shows just how Telltale has been throwing things out the door, hasn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, I have to pull up the article to remember exactly who it was. But it was the Russian, assassination ambassador
1: from, uh yeah, was it in Turkey? It was in. It was last year.
0: Yeah, it was l- last December. Yeah,
1: yeah, which feels like forever ago now.
0: Yeah, okay. that w- it feels like it's been a lot more than just like ten months. Yeah. wow.
1: Boy, uh, news really makes a time slow down, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, it does. Uh,
1: but there was an image, and uh, the article doesn't show it. If you're sensitive, to that sort of thing. Uh, uh the uh, the ambassador laying dead on the floor in the batman game <laughs> and i could understand how it got there most likely because looking at the news photos of it it looks like stock footage you know the uh, uh the body on the floor there's no blood visible it looks like it's just an actor laying there. It happened in art galleries, and art galleries usually are very clean and very sterile. Unless for some reason, you know, there's a pile of couch in the corner being called modern art. And the gunman, all the shots of him were highly exaggerated. Him yelling, waving the gun around. and If you go on, on Shutterstock and look at all the stock footage there it would fit in perfectly, especially on some of the more obscure and more surreal stuff. So I imagine that if this wasn't just, you know, someone at Telltale uh, searching dead guy on floor and to use it as placeholder art until they put in their own art. And this ended up in stock footage somewhere. They probably looked at this and thought, eh, This looks uh, good enough. I'll uh, do some uh, magic with this. Put a filter on it. uh, Lasso the white background down. There we go. And I couldn't blame him for it. Because game development uses a lot of placeholder art. To just throw together builds very quickly. And start working out bugs. Because art passes can be done. And be swapped out very easily. So I definitely understand how it could be there and how it could be missed. Granted, it's still hilarious. As, well, as, as hilarious as a Ted Russian can be. Right? Uh, ha, ha, ha. Uh, You're sitting there coloring again, aren't you? No, not this time. <laughs> I'm just sitting here. You're sitting there listening. You're sitting there
0: being lulled to sleep. I'm sipping water. Uh, but. <laughs> Tasty ice water.
1: You probably shouldn't drink ice water, it, uh, especially whenever your throat gets warmed up, if you know what I mean. But I could shock the throat and make you I cough. Think... I haven't had any coughs tonight, have I? Uh, no, but I was saying more in general. Uh, right. b- Behind-the-scenes yeah, stuff.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but I just... Uh, oh, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm just happy about this whole deal because a game company made a mistake, realized it, fixed it, and apologized for making a mistake. Yeah. That's so refreshing to see, and that's one of those things. It's like I like it's so pathetic that that's like a positive news story. Yeah, really. But it's just, I mean, if this was Warner Brothers or you know EA or something, they'd be like, no, 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 we did this on purpose for reasons, and you're all wrong. And it, no, it, it, no, no, and no, 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 no. That'd be a political
1: statement. It wouldn't just be a fuck up. It would be some sort of political statement that the uh, that the developer was trying to make. Right. Or at least that's would be how it would be spun, <laughs> or the or you would open up your loot box and there would be a dead Russian inside. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, and you're trying to think. Okay, do I want to keep this cosmetic or do I want to trade it in? Hmm. Is this going to put me on Putin's list?
0: <laughs> I definitely want to keep the dead Russian cosmetic.
1: <laughs> uh, but this is just a, a kind of a silly thing. And uh, uh, sh- uh, shall we move along? <laughs> Unless you want to say uh, anything about dead Russians or a uh, placeholder art, because that's what this really is. And I imagine if this wasn't in some stock footage somewhere that uh, a artist at telltale grabbed to, you know, just be a you know, placeholder for their own dead uh, Russian. You no, know, their their private dead Russian. <laughs> then uh, yeah no uh, then yeah this was just uh, something that they grabbed off a google search to uh,
0: be able to build their scene and missed it yep no I'm I'm good I don't have anything else to say oh, we know you're good uh, actually we know you're not but eh good enough <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pretend you didn't say the second part I know I'm good too
1: Wink. well we know you're bad
0: you're, you're <laughs> bad to the bone, you're a naughty boy. Very naughty. All right, let's move it along to our weekly community corner section, which is fairly yeah non-communified. Um, yeah, we've
1: been talking about this one, trying to figure out what to do with it because community feedback is yeah you know, kind of tapered off, which I can understand because yeah we're what two uh, nearly two and a half hours into the podcast already and there's not that big a gap between recording night well front between release night and recording night
0: yeah which it's fair uh we love to get feedback from you guys we love tweets we love letters and emails and voice things yeah, i said it
1: before but we know you're out there we can hear you downloading
0: yeah. I was I was a, a little bit worried, like, oh, I wonder if like popularity of the podcast is tapering off or something. And I mean we've never been like huge, but I went and looked and in oh, the last three months huge. we've gotten <laughs> Touche. But in the last three months we've gotten more downloads than we had in the past was it nine months? Since since we opened our Podbean or you put our podcast on Podbean. Yeah, um, they're
1: a lot better with the analytics.
0: So our our audience is growing, Ooh. and welcome to all of you new people yeah. who have been listening to us. Hello. We hope you enjoy the show. But so I think what what we've talked about this a little bit, and I think what we're going to do is we're going to make Community Corner not weekly. It's basically just going to be when we get enough stuff to have one.
1: Yeah, which uh, I probably should uh, taper off the question of the week as well. Which is a little yeah.
0: disappointing. If things pick up again, I'll
1: uh, reintroduce it.
0: Yeah, so we just want to adjust the show. We don't want to waste anybody's time. Waste our time. So we'll fill this yeah, not, not release the moths with, uh, every week. Yeah, basically this will just give us an extra news topic every week, or maybe a second Discovery Q. It'll It'll be on a weekly basis, but we're just going to be making a little bit of a change to the show.
1: Yeah, I will say that we still want my views on the podcast over on my YouTube channel came with caffeine rage. Ding. Uh, it's kind mm-hmm. of erratic, but occasionally there's uh, an episode that, you know, gets a couple dozen views, which pretty good for, you know, my channel size. I mean, you may scoff. Yeah. Yo, know, uh, uh, video game logic episode 81, uh, a shameful display of microtransaction, which I'm very proud of that title, by the way uh got 20 views, which for my channel size at 170 subscribers is pretty damn good. So it's definitely we're picking up popularity. It's just you know, not a lot of interaction, but that's I think it's mostly due to our episode size, but we don't want to cut things down.
0: Yeah, we've already been cutting down a little bit just to help accommodate my personal life and work stuff, so don't want to cut them down anymore. Yeah, otherwise
1: we'd be in listenable bite-sized chunks, and we can't have that. <laughs> yeah, who wants that? So, Well yeah. there is one. We other still want to encourage you, though. That we haven't really discussed is to uh, do two halves of the show because uh, a couple podcasts that are more long-winded that I listen to split their uh, or have essentially two halves. But I'm not sure if we have a a, a show that's
0: easily splittable. Yeah, I don't think so. Not unless we released each, s- well, I guess the three core segments are games we played, news, and then community slash discovery queue. Yeah, you which know, that doesn't work that well. Yeah, we could rearrange the show and put discovery queue after games we played, and then do games we played and news.
1: I'm not sure if that works. It's just more. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know.
0: a possibility, but I don't think it would work. Yeah, we we can maybe talk about it, but not right now. But we would like to encourage you. Please feel free to still send in text letters, audio letters, questions. Send us tweets, and if we have a week where we get some stuff, we'll we'll throw a community corner. Yeah, up. that's
1: BGL podcast at gmail dot com
0: or Twitter BGL podcast.
1: Ding, ding.
0: Already. Well, with that little, I guess, PSA out of the way, it's time to go for the theme song. Yeah, I said it this week. And I got right. uh, a
1: game right off the bat. It is a hat and Tom. I've uh, seen some uh, waves going on about this. It looks very interesting. It looks like a love letter to the 3D platformer of the N64 era. The one that ukulele should have been. I I don't uh, see any of my friends having this yet, which is a little odd, because usually there's someone that has these things. Uh, But uh, who developed this? This was developed... uh, I think this may be a new company. Yeah. This is a new company, so yeah, uh, you know, not a big track record, and I'm not sure of the people behind it. But ahead of time is a cute as heck 3D platformer featuring a little girl who stitches hats for wicked powers. <laughs> she is cute. I will say that I like the art style. It has the sort of the simplistic uh, textures. It's not right. It, it's a very cartoony art style. I like it. It just, yeah, uh, you know, would it hold up over the course of gameplay? It does look like they have some very varied worlds, though. And uh, some very impressive skyboxes. I really don't like 3D platformers, though. Yeah, 3D platformers are definitely hit or miss. It really depends on how assisted they are, because there's usually some behind-the-scenes assistance on how the uh, 3D platformers work. And if they go, yo. Know, Completely hands off and yet no help whatsoever. It can be very frustrating. It's one of those things. There was a uh, the thread on Twitter uh, several weeks ago, probably a couple months ago at this point, talking about little helps that uh, or little tricks that to help players that game developers do, and you know things like uh, after you step off the ledge, you could still
0: jump for uh, just a split second. Yeah, what did they call that? Coyote time? Yeah. In honor of Wiley Coyote? Yeah, as long as you don't look down.
1: <laughs> and there were actually people pissed about that. Uh, about, uh, you know, all the little tricks, feeling like they got, well, they got tricked. But they don't realize that how irritating a game can be without those little things, especially after you played so many games with coyote time or, yeah, you know, having, uh, what, I believe there was another one about XCOM, uh, how uh, hits were uh, calculated, that the more often you miss, it ramped up your hit chance more and more behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. But it also has a reverse to that. Like, the better you're doing, the the lesser chance you have behind the scenes of actually getting hits and stuff. Yeah, there
1: was actually a a video on uh, YouTube that uh, just... uh, Before the podcast recorded. uh, Or this recording I should say. Where uh, there was. uh, Talks about. How uh, game developers. uh, uh, Save gamers from themselves. uh, Trying to. Kind of dodge gamers into. uh, Playing the games properly. And there was a big talk about. XCOM 2's. uh, Turn timer. Or the turn limits. Uh, trying to make Xcom 2 more uh risk based which I'm not sure if I
0: really agree with yeah I completely disagree with that I've mean I feelings uh, especially for, very well known yeah, about the turn well, timer. Well,
1: well they were trying to prevent the uh overwatch spam uh, yeah uh, and uh, kind of creeping gameplay of the original Xcom or uh, I shouldn't say the original Xcom but yeah the original reboot Xcom. It's so weird to see, uh, yeah, the same name used, and, you know, when you say original, you know, you're thinking, that, that, what, 1990s XCOM? But, yeah, uh, the uh, uh, the original for Axis or XCOM, where people would just creep across the map, and they were trying to prevent that. And that's, they were trying to give the carrot with the build system, but it didn't work out quite as well. But, I think the uh, game's just not built around it. <laughs> it's too punishing if you're too risky. Yep. Uh, but it doesn't really reward it. And we're completely yep, off topic. no reward. But we're chatty this week.
0: We are. Do you have a game? Nope. I've gone through an entire queue while we were sitting here talking. I didn't get shit, so I'm in a second queue right now.
1: Well, I got a second one. Uh, on my second pull, Bermuda Lost Survival. It looks like it's a survival game where you're on a raft in the Bermuda Triangle. And it has a lot of, well, undersea shots, so I imagine that there's a lot of swimming, a lot of probably hitting uh, docks. It looks like water world survival. And it can be very interesting if done right, but also very bad if it's done wrong, and it's on your wish list. And that's another genre that's just kind of just taken off, is just the open world survival. It's nice to see them try to do something outside of just, okay, here we are, we're in the woods again. Oh, I think I just got something that's off your queue. What? Secure a Gamer. This is not on your wish list. So, All so right. I'll put it on my uh, Discovery queue. Because why the hell not at this point? I
0: Absolutely. mean, it's a sec-
1: Secure a game. So, if you don't know the Secure games, essentially boobs. Boobs. And there's also some boobs. And this looks like it's a gamer version of it, and a
0: lot of boobies on these screenshots. So okay, so I got one. It's another Sakura game, Winged Sakura: Endless Dream. I believe dream. I have
1: that on, as review copy.
0: Yes, you do. It looks like this one's got a lot more gameplay to it than yeah, I like it's tried not it a yet visual yet. novel. Yeah, I'll yeah, pick this one. Yeah, I got yeah, it's one. It's kind of
1: weird to see a non-visual novel because. Oh, well, let's put it this way. I'm uh, tabbing through and. Oh, it looks like they definitely have the Duty patch. Oh, yeah, they do. Well, I was looking at the uh, Secure Gamer. And, oh, look, all three of them are naked. Woohoo! I have to admit that I don't see the point of these games if you're not running the Duty patch, to
0: be perfectly honest. Yeah, I don't either. Is, is that
1: just me being a perv?
0: I mean, most of these games don't have good storylines. Well, i have
1: probably shouldn't be Some asking do, Jared
0: but... on this one. Uh, let's see. Bobo
1: port that uh, I've played before and wasn't really hip on. So we'll skip that. Nope. I mean, I've already... Oh, God. <laughs> uh, let's put that in not interested. What is it? Well, I'll just tell you the name of this and you'll understand why. Loading Screen Simulator. <laughs> okay I yep, and that's also free to play so if you want to load your screen well there you go
0: this looks interesting the ultimate-est battle it basically is worms but th- but free to play worms I could go for that I can't
1: tell if that's an asset flip or not it,
0: I know it doesn't look good what?
1: Uh, just random... Looks like Russian Shooter.
0: Oh, something you got, okay. Uh,
1: yeah. I did get something that looks interesting, though.
0: So, I'll put what? it on uh,
1: the list. Dungeons 3. Uh, well, the follow-up to Dungeons 2, which was a follow-up to Dungeons. Uh, essentially a, uh, well, a reimagining of Dungeon Keeper. I've got I th- if I think it's dungeons too I've uh, gotten review copy of it I just it's a game genre that I haven't played a lot of and it requires a bit of a uh, of adjustment if you haven't really played a lot of the, this style of game you're building a dungeon and trying to essentially protect yourself from all the heroes trying to kill you while also pl- uh pillaging the lands and yeah you know, being a general uh, naughty boy. Yeah, basically Jared's uh, weekend. Woohoo. Uh, at least if if he's playing
0: the uh, yeah, X series. So, I finished my second queue. I'm lined up with two games, so I don't right. I'm not going to start a third one.
1: And I've gotten four. So, should I do a second queue?
0: <laughs> no, you got four games. I I just my first queue was just bullshit. Like very clearly, like Steam Direct, shit? Uh, Steam, yeah, Steam Direct shit.
1: Which, oh, it's so hard to get through some of the Steam Direct stuff these days.
0: It, 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 Steam yeah. Direct
1: is starting to really piss me off. Uh, especially having to wade through it for review copies of uh, stuff. Yeah, trying to find uh, the, the diamonds and all the, uh, the mountainous shit. <laughs> Uh, and uh, there's so many games out there that just wow. Uh, especially things like Achievement Hunter. There, I've seen probably a dozen different versions of Vidget vi- Spanner Editor. And though I'm not joking, that, that's a thing. Yay. And what's hilarious is it's so slapdash together that they don't even consider the damn art assets. So, in the video, uh, because, of course, I have to go look. It's so terrible, I just can't turn away. The thing's wobbling. It's not a good fidget spinner. It's shitty. And no, sir, I don't like it. shaking my head now. So, is it time for the uh, part of the podcast where you go first?
0: I think it is time for the part of the podcast where I go first. So, first of all... If you want to find me on the internet, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist on YouTube, where I have one actively running series that is VGL.com. There will not be a new episode this week between all of the sickness and the work busyness and the bullshit. And, and the bullshit. Um, I did not record a new episode f- to release this week. But if everything goes according to plan, I have like two nights where I can record stuff and I'm gonna be getting back on track for the foreseeable future. I'm also getting all caught up on Divinity. Which, yeah, you're gonna catch since up on we me.
1: Didn't yeah. yeah, which yeah, we could have recorded, but ugh, I don't think it would have been a good evening. <laughs> yeah. I, I was cranky. I was sore. Well, that actually sounds like the end of a really good evening, but you would be wrong. <laughs>
0: But, uh, anyway, so I'll be caught up on that soon. That was what I was doing so much rendering on and editing and things, um, which I mentioned earlier in the show. Ding. Oh, wait. And other than this podcast, that's a, all that's coming up on my channel in the near future. Uh, well, actually, no, that's not true. Twitch finally has enabled it where you can download your streams directly from them instead of having to go through like a third party. Well, just and, don't cross them. Like piecing together, uh, like the bits of the stream that it puts together for you. So I've been going through and getting my stream archives from the last few weeks and editing those together to put up. I haven't done it yet. Like I haven't finished it yet, but I'm working on it. So those should start popping up soon too. Maybe even this week. Outside of that, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so by following me at JMA four seven zero seven. I tweet about all kinds of things. Uh, My most popular tweets are the political ones. I, I can't remember who it was I responded to about Donald Trump, but I got like six likes and a couple of retweets on that from random strangers. Do I, I ask what like, you said? I was like, yeah, I got internet points. It was somebody that was like, God, empering Donald Trump, and it could have totally been like a troll, sarcasm, or a troll or a bot or something. But I just like very briefly was like. There's so much unhealthiness right here. Treating anyone <laughs> like this is unhealthy. But the fact that you chose who may the the person who may be the worst U.S. president ever. Well I don't to do know. Jefferson
1: too. has the whole trail of tears thing going for him. Yeah. I, well, I, I, Trump I, think yeah I mean, Trump still has possibly three years. I sure hope not seven. What the but, hell would they have to? what would, what would the Democratic Party have to run against Trump to lose again? Outside of Hillary, second time. Or third, or whatever it is this time around.
0: Uh, dog shit.
1: Uh, no, no, the Republicans are running that.
0: <laughs> Anyways, um... I mean, come on, he can take an IQ test games- and have it come back negative. hey You know, IQ tests are not actually good for predicting a person's intelligence beyond the age of Something like eight or nine.
1: Well, why do you think Trump is so adamant about taking one? Or
0: Now I guess it's coming back that he was joking? Or, <laughs> uh, or or have you not seen that today? I haven't seen the update to that. I saw the initial thing. But anyways, if you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, you can yes, use so over escape. at twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. If you want to be friends with me on Steam, you can send me a friend request at jarthur4707. I accept all friend requests and talk to all the lovely people.
1: And, if you were to slow note exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is Wazoo. Wazoo. Also known as what we have podcasts or, sorry, loot boxes coming out of. Well, actually podcast as well, because this is what, yeah. <laughs> episode 85? So, it's... Yeah, 80-something. 80 well, 85, I have it numbered here. Remember, I have my list. So, right. we have both podcasts and loot boxes coming out of our wazoos. And remember, it's wazoos, plural, uh, for uh, this instance, because we don't have one collective wazoo. Right, even though I'm sure Jared would like
0: that. Indeed. And where can they find you and what's going on for you? Well, this you're
1: I completely turned off already. <laughs> you can find me ever at Gaming with Caffeine Rage, where I have. In theory, three Let's Play series going. I have Dark Cloud, which is just really kicked off. It's in its technically second week now. Uh, the second episode's just uh, been posted. The third will be later this week. Uh, I guess it would uh, be called a Rogue Light these days, but it's an action-adventure uh, PlayStation 2 game. Yes, I am in the emulation station. Uh, RimWorld still ongoing. I had battling some bugs of the computer variety, not the... Uh, RimWorld variety. Had some interesting things going on there when one of my mods started malfunctioning and kind of breaking other things. Turns out a malfunctioning uh Roomba could destroy a border.
0: There there you go, yeah. I guess.
1: Or I should say make it inoperable. At least I think that's what was causing it. Because I disabled that mod and it started working again. Or working full time. It was uh, being intermittent and I couldn't figure out why. And then I noticed all the blood, which sounds wrong out of context, doesn't it? But I noticed my uh, Roomba, which I named Tango because I didn't put enough O's in Roomba before, and it ended up being more pronounced Rumba. So I was calling them different dances, but that model was malfunctioning, so I had to replace it. Or I should say rip it out, and that was a fun process. And speaking of fun processes, we also have Divinity Ritual Sin, usually. It's off this week because I was going to be a very grumpy, grumpy boy otherwise. And, well, Sunday Sampler also in theory should be there. Like I mentioned before, slight issue with the downloads. I mean, let's put it this way. If I kept my download going at its rate, I would have had a... hopefully by the time Trump would have been out of office. And silence, Okay. And, of course, this podcast appears there Fridays at noon. Or you can see me tweet about who knows what over at Gaming of CR. And who knows, maybe I'll find a hobby to escape from my hobby. <laughs> maybe I'll just make it all uh, just uh putting bullshit on Twitter. Works for me. Yeah, modern art. <laughs> oh, And, well, since I mentioned it before, I'll mention it again. Contact us, vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, or just tweet us vglpodcast on Twitter. And we know you're out there. We can hear you. And yes, especially you. And stop that, by the way. (laughs) Or you could continue doing that. Just give us some money. Because we do need money to help improve things and keep the show going. You can find us over at patreon.com slash vglpodcast. Or if you wish to see the show notes, which I am starting to tweet out, by the way, I, I, I figured out the URL before it releases. So that, that was always fun to try to figure out. Turns out, uh, the token, uh, I just needed to clip that off. Oh my, that sounded wrong out of to- context. Uh, so show notes will also be on the Twitter, but you can find them over at bgopodcast.podbean.com. Or if you don't care about the RSS feed, you can also find us on iTunes, Google Play. But you're also listening to us, so you're probably listening to us on YouTube if you're not using one of those. Our intro now to our music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod. And our Discovery Key music is doobly-doo by the same artist. And you can find his work at CopyTech.com And...
0: As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my slightly scratchy slightly? voice. oh, <laughs> by now. Uh, I mean, I can hear the scratching. It, it sounds like somebody
1: should start a fight and your voice is what <laughs> is the sound effect that's used to, for the
0: music to stop. You know, just that... It's all fine now. I took a drink of water.
1: Well, why didn't you take a drink of water before? I mean, you had plenty of time. I did take a drink of water. Oh, I can't imagine what was before... Uh, you must have sounded like you smoked all the cigarettes. <laughs> Bye-bye. Indeed. Bye bye. <laughs> I like our Alice show banter now. Yeah. I mean, that's just absurdly lopsided. With Nintendo. Are you there. Hello? Yes, I'm here. But you've lost me, it seems. Uh oh. I cannot hear
0: you. Hmm.
1: Yes, and the call just dropped. Well, the call dropped.
0: Okay. Okay. I can hear you again. Uh, Did you hit mute? No, I didn't hit mute. I just, like, all of a
1: sudden you disappeared. Well, it said the call dropped. I wasn't sure if you hit mute and you just uh, hung up to reset things or what.
0: No, I did not. The call dropped all by itself. Ah, Skype.
1: Maybe we should look into moving to Discord.
0: Maybe. This is the first problem we've had with Skype in a while, I think, though, right?
1: Yeah, well, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't look at the other options. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Should we just restart on this uh, topic? Yeah. Because I have no idea
0: when uh, you dropped me. Well, the last thing I heard was uh, two to one. All right, well,
1: uh, I was in uh, mid-sentence there, so we'll just restart from the very beginning. Look at this way. More things to make me look uh, completely foolish. There you go. Also known as any other week of the BGL podcast.